Did you ever think you were make it? I feel I'm so close I could take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value taming, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to haters. How they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. Hip-hop is a good vibe. Hip-hop is a good vibe. All right, Come episode... Your best friend Harry has brother Harry. Episode 3, <laughs> tw uh, uh, 213 with Home Team Today. We got everybody in the house. Oshana, yeah. Ellsworth, Sosnick, but David, and we got a bunch of things to talk about. By the way, let me give you some uh, uh, stories here before we get into it's a busy it. busy world. Mm -hmm. Last night was a weird night for me because after we're done with our meeting at 11 o'clock, uh, uh, Tampa Bay is down 16 to 3. I go upstairs. Yeah. Le Leo starts blasting. By the way, shout out to Andy Berry. Happy birthday. Leo starts blasting me. You reminded me, by the way. Let me give you credit. Uh, it, it, and then Leo texts me. says, did you see what's going on? I'm like, what's going on? He says, Tampa Bay is down mm -hmm. six with two minutes left. And Brady's got the ball. I'm like, what? And they end up winning 17 to 16. The only time he's, he's done that twice in his career, that time and the time against the Falcons when he made a comeback. Yeah. Crazy shout out to Barry. By the way, uh, so wait, Tom, so Tom, so Tom has uh, that like I'm single energy now. is what it's known he as. He has no worries. I get home because I, I was at Pat's house. We had a late night strategy meeting, doing a lot of work, getting ready for 20, 2023. And I'm four minutes late getting home, so I miss this. Uh -oh. But the the guy that's two doors down, the garage is open, and there's like several cars, you know, dad yeah. cars yeah. that are out in front and everything. And they're smoking cigars, and they're in there standing. They're kind of animated. And it was raining a little bit, but I stopped and got out and said, he said hey, Jeff, so what's going on? He says, we just saw the most amazing comeback. It's crazy, yeah. And they were just getting into it like a playoff game. I love it. Mm. So we got a lot of things to cover. Let me tell you the stories we got to cover. We got to cover the t uh, Twitter uh, files. That's being talked about all over MSNBC, CNN, you know, CBS, ABC. They're all talking about. We're all talking. About wait, it. To, do you know? By the way, do you know the actual amount of? If you know it, don't say it. Do you know the actual amount of time that CBS, ABC, CNN, MSNBC has spent talking about the Twitter files? Do you know the time? I do not know. The I'm going to give you the time, and you're not going to believe it. I'm going to mm. get. By the way, I want people to guess the number. In the chat room, if you're watching this, I want you to guess, and then we'll go into it. Okay. Okay. So uh, uh, Elon Musk uh, on a live that I was supposed to be part of that I missed because of a flip and flight what coming back from world? Phoenix. Seriously, I was. Uh, uh, but anyways, he talked about suicidal thoughts. We'll talk about that. If Twitter collapses, they say Tesla will be right behind. That's an insider story. There's a Rubini warns uh, uh, the mother of all economic crisis looms. If anybody knows Rubini, he has an open invitation to be on the podcast. We want to know. We got some questions for him. Fed to weigh higher interest rates next year while slowing rates uh, rises this month. Tom's got some commentary on that. Saving rate plunges to lowest level since 2005. That's mm -hmm. not a good sign. By the way, that's 17 years. CNN boss hired extra security after cutting hundreds of staff members. I got some thoughts on that. Apple and Amazon resume advertising on Twitter. Uh, startup uh, 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 backed by Tesla Investor Promises, ready, $300,000 flying cars by 2025. This is not more complicated than a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> Four in ten consumers believe housing market will crash. Tom's got th some data on that. Ooh. Fewer tourists and less spending in Las Vegas as inflation takes toll. Musk uh, responds to Kanye West. Adam's got some thoughts. Nike permanently dumps Kyrie Irving. 
Jean-Pierre, who's our friend here, that responded about the Twitter. Vinny's got some thoughts on that and a couple other things that's going on. This guy named Michael Avenatti, who at one point people thought he's going to run for office, is now going to jail for 14 years. We'll talk about that as well. If there's any other stories you want us to talk about, please post it here. Okay, so now I want to put this up there. On how many seconds? Oh, seconds. I thought you said time, no, so now no, I already know. No, seconds? Bro. No, bro. 20 seconds. How many seconds? How many seconds? It's not even... Let me put this up there to you. I'm going to try to send it to you. Everybody here is going to be shell-shocked when I give this number. Okay, I just send it to you, Rob. I don't know if you see it. Uh, uh, if you're not seeing are you seeing it or no? Not yet. Okay, hang on. Let me just text it to you. Uh, 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 uh. I'm sorry, uh, Malik. Next time I'll, I'll correct it. All right, Andrew, shout out to Andrew Schultz giving, giving you name. your new nickname. Yeah, you should see this. Okay, the time... Did you guys say your time, or did you see it said, or not? No, I sort of got it. Okay, what's 20. your time? Well, you kind of let the cat out the bag. Before when you said I said seconds, seconds what were you going to say? I was going to say minutes. I was going to say three. I was going to say three minutes, but the fact that you slipped up, what I'm going to say gonna 20 say? seconds. I wrote it down right here. My witness, ten, ten minutes. minutes, ten minutes over okay. all You're three way networks. Over all networks, Tom. This is not just one network. I was going to say sixty minutes. So check this out. Put this up there and tell me if this Seven makes any sense. Seconds, guys. That's all they spent. Can you make it in a way so we can? There you go. Guys, seven seconds is all they spent. On the NBC, Sunday shows, though. CBS. Okay. AB, but this is right after. The announcement is made on Saturday. If oh, this was anything, everybody would be on top. If a small little comment came out, mm -hmm. anything about anything on the right or Republicans, they would have spent the entire day talking about it. Seven seconds on this. So have you guys followed the story closely? Have you read all the tweets by Matt Taibbi? Mm -hmm. I have. I have seen a, I've seen a bunch of what uh, Matt Tybee has posted in his Substack. right? Should we just get into that first? Yes. And kind of I, mean, I feel like we're already that. in it. All like, right. So if you can pull up the tweet thread so we can read it. While you're doing that, I want to read the article from Wall Street Journal. Uh, Musk's release of internal emails uh, relating to tw uh, Twitter's 2020 censorship and news, by any definition, even if the mainstream media dismisses it, there will be many threats to unspool as more is released by a couple of points are already worth making. The first is that Musk would do the country a favor by releasing the documents out all at once for everyone to inspect. A second point is who's uh, for Rep. Ro Khanna, the California progressive Democrat, who warned Twitter in 2020 about the free speech implications and political backlash of censoring New York Post story uh, about Hunter Biden's laptop. A third point is the confirm confirmation of the central role that former spies played in October 2020 in framing the Hunter Biden story in a way that made it easier for Twitter and Facebook to justify their censorship. Recall that former Democratic intelligence officials James Clapper and John Brennan let the spooks in issuing a public statement suggesting that the laptop may have been hacked and its content was Russian disinformation. Okay, so do you guys know how many days it took for CBS to admit that the Hunter Biden story was a real story? Do you guys know the exact date? Have they done it yet? They have. have. Do you know how long it took? 769 days. It took them 769 days to say the story about Hunter Biden is real. It took them a half a second to say Russian collusion was real and it was fake. Okay? So think about why people don't trust all the stuff that's taking place with media. So let's go through this thread together. If you want to zoom in, and folks, if you haven't read it, I'm going to read it. Uh, I'll zoom in a little bit more if you could. There you go. That's Should perfect. we explain up front who... Matt Taibbi. Go ahead. Ro tell, tell the audience who oh, Matt no, Taibbi is. He's just Rolling he's a, Stones. He's a Rolling Stones guy. A journalist. Journalist. You know, not a he, Republican. Not a not Republican. Republican. By far. Um, but 
you know, I would put him in more in the common sense camp. He's not. I think he's more left than he is right. And he, well, he's a, and he, and he got he's a legitimate investigative reporter, yeah, like, oh, actual oh. reporter. Which yeah, that, yep. that that word is so loose these days. But and in fact, he got access through Elon. Yeah. To get so, all this information. So what Elon is doing, he's going and getting a bunch of these guys to come join the team, which is great. Smart. I love what he's doing. Smart. So let's read through it. Okay. So threat, the Twitter files. Um, look how many likes it got, by the way. 373,000 likes, 155,000 retweets. What you're about to read is the first installment in a series based upon thousands of internal documents obtained by sources at Twitter. The Twitter files tell an incredible story from one side of the world's largest and more, most influential social media platform. It is a Frankenstein tale of a human-built mechanism grown out of control of, a design, of its designer. Twitter in its conception was a brilliant tool for enabling so mass communication making a true, real global conversation possible for the first time. In an early conception, Twitter more than lived up to its mission statement, giving people the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. As time progressed, however, the company was slowly forced to add those barriers. Some of the first tools for controlling speech were designed to combat the likes of spam and financial fraudsters. Makes sense. That's important to to point out. There's no question about that. Slowly over time, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more users for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well, first a little, then more often, then consistently. By 2020, requesting requests from the connected actors to delete tweets were routine. One executive would write to another, more to review from the Biden team. The reply would come back handled. If you look at that email, there's five Hold accounts. Hold on right there, Pat. What's the date? October 24, 2020, a week before election. Yep. One week. Very good point. Number nine, celebrities and unknowns alike could be removed and reviewed at the behest of a political party. Again, this is another one. Click on it. Click on that picture. Oh, you zoomed in a little bit too much. I grabbed the first one under SI, deferred to safety on the high-profile second one. Okay, an additional report from DNC. This is now on the 25th. They're replying back to it. Okay, let's go back to the uh, email. Uh, number eight, go to number nine. And the high-profile second one was James Woods. James Woods, I, lo- I saw that. <laughs> go number 10, go number 10. Both parties had access to these tools. For instance, in 2020, requests from both the Trump White House and the Biden campaign were received and honored. However, the system wasn't balanced. It was based on contacts because Twitter was and is overwhelmingly staffed by people of one political orientation. There were more channels, wo- uh, more ways to complain open to the left, well-Democrats than the right. By the way, people need to know, 99% of employees at Twitter donate to the Democratic Party. It's not, it's, it went from 96%, it's at 99%. Well, you remember after the midterms, we broke down yeah, exactly. you know, each of the big tech, Silicon Valley, uh, the way that they sway politically. And it was you know, all the big actors, yep. right? Facebook, Meta, this, that. Yeah, it was all 90-plus percent. The, the resulting that. slant in content moderation uh, decision is visible in documents you're about to read. However, it's also assessment of multiple current and former high-level executive. Okay, there are more throw cones out there. The Twitter files, part one. How and why Twitter blocked the Hunter Biden laptop story? In October 14, 2020, New York Post published Biden's secret emails and expose based on the contents of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. Okay. Twitter took extraordinary steps to suppress the story, removing links and posting warnings that it may be unsafe. Mm. They even blocked its transmission via direct message, a tool um, hitherto, hitherto yeah. reserved Extreme. for Previously. cases. Child pornography. That's how you know he's a real journalist. He uses words like hitherto. Hitherto. White House, White House spokesper- spokeswoman Kelly 
McKinney, Kaylee McKinney, confusing, was locked out of her account for tweeting about the story, prompting a furious letter from Trump campaign after Mike Hahn was seated, at least pretend to care for the next 20 days. By the way, she wasn't just the White House spokeswoman. She was the press secretary. That is insane yeah. to me. Okay. Kellyanne McCann. Okay, uh, Kaylee McEnany. Mac- Sorry, McEnany. Okay. So- Sorry, Kaylee. We, McEnany. She knows it's confusing. <laughs> okay. She has knows. been locked out from her account for simply talking about the New York Post story. All she did was cite the story in firsthand report it has that has been reported by other outlets and not disputed by the campaign, uh, uh, Biden uh, campaign. I need an answer immediately on when and how she will be unlocked. I also don't appreciate how nobody on his team called me regarding the news that you'll be censoring news articles. Like I said, at least pretend to care for the next 20 days. Okay, let's go to the next Fair one. request. On October 14th. Yeah, so Twitter, uh, da, 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 okay, there you go. This led the publicly public policy executive Caroline Strom to send out a, a polite uh, WTF, WTF query. Several employees note, noted that there was tension between the comms policy teams who had little less co- control over moderation and the safety trust teams. Can you click on and see what that one says? So safety and trust as a team had more power than communication. That's insane, Tom. That, okay, go back to it. Let's wrap it up. There's only four more. Interesting. Folks, I'm reading this, assuming some of you guys maybe haven't read all of them. Uh, number 21, Strom's note returned the answer that the laptop story had been removed for violation of the company's hacked material policy. Okay, keep going down. Although several sources recalled hearing about a general warning from federal law enforcement that's, uh, that summer about possible foreign hacks, there's no evidence that I've seen of any government involvement in the laptop story. In fact, that might have been the problem. The decision was made at the highest level of the company, but without the knowledge of Jack Dorsey. Wow. With former head of legal policy and trust, Vijaya Gade playing a key role. Interesting that they're skipping Jack Dorsey to even ask the CEO, founder of the company. They just freelanced it is how one made, one former employee characterized the decision. Hacking was the excuse, but within a few hours, pretty much everyone realized that wasn't going to hold, but no one had the guts to reverse it. And last but not least, you can see the confusion in the following lengthy exchange, which ends up uh, including uh, Gad and former trust and safety chief Yoel Roth, comms official Trenton Kennedy writes, I'm struggling to understand the policy basis for making this unsafe. Can you click on that? Can you click on that? Zoom out a little bit. Okay, Trenton, I'm struggling to understand the policy basis for making this unsafe. And uh, I think the best explainability argument for this Externally would be we're waiting to understand if this story is the result of hacked materials. We'll face hard questions on okay, a bunch of people on the bottom. Okay, keep going. Go to the next one if there's any. I think uh, maybe one or two left. 25, 26. By this point, everyone knew this was fucked, said one former employee. But the response was essentially uh, to err on the side of continuing to err. Okay, keep going down. Former VP of Global Comms, Brandon Borman. Asks, can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy? Go a little lower. To which former Deputy General Jim Baker seems to advise staying the non-course because caution is warranted. A fundamental problem with tech companies and condom moderation. Many people in charge of free speech, of speech, know care little about speech and have to be told the basics of outsiders. In one humorous exchange on day one, Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna reaches out to Gad to gently suggest she hop, she hop on the phone to talk about the backlash 
re-speech kind of was the only Democratic official I could find in the files who expressed concern. Okay, I mean, we can go more and more. Mm-hmm. You can unstop it at this point. We've gone through all of them. Tom, what are your thoughts when you see something like this? So th- this is an organization that doesn't know what free speech is, and basically they had become politicized. Uh, that's an objective statement just by reading this. Uh, and Kana was correct. He said, listen, free speech is the ability to, f- to peacefully assemble and present your um, your point of view. You know, it used to bother me terribly when I was in college and I would see, and I think it was in ha- in Ohio, uh, these Nazi groups, um, like a club, you know, more than a club, and their little brown shirts would come out and get together and hold a little bit of a rally and speak. And I just, just think it's just so wrong to hear that, but it was free speech. So You would see that with your own eyes? You'd see Nazi No, no, groups? no. I was, I was watching oh. the coverage. I was watching oh, the you. coverage. And, and I would say, wow, I don't like what they're saying. This is really terrible this is this a lot of people feel hurt by this but it's like but the price of free speech is free speech mm-hmm. they're not armed they weren't tearing up towns and i think what has happened here is is companies have become politicized and it's becomes a communication arm um, and I, I find this to be really illuminating especially when they get down they start talking about free speech and then they start talking about external defensibility that tells you that adults in the room knew that they had trouble with what they were doing. Tom, what is, what is the uh, not telling the CEO? This is the biggest, like, imagine, like, oh, we didn't think we need to share this with you. Something small happened yesterday. I'm like, how come I didn't know about it? But on a situation like this, do you think Dorsey wants to know something like this? This is the biggest story that's going to go out. You don't call the CEO the company? Right. Look, Dorsey, if you take a look at Dorsey over the last year, he's had extended periods of absence. Didn't he? Wasn't he like on an extended retreat somewhere halfway he around the world? He was very focused on crypto square. That was he was Correct. showing he had, up he was, at the Bitcoin conference. He's got a lot of things going on, but he was yeah. also out of the country for a while. And there is something to be said about being walking around your own organization. Pat, you've led and been an investor in several organizations at the same time. What is the difference? For you to be on-site walking around versus like emails and Zooms and everything else, it's different when it's on-site. You can kind of sense things. You get the little side conversations. And I don't think Dorsey was getting any of that. And they even said, oh, we kind of freelance this and didn't tell the boss. They openly said it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, I uh, first of all, I don't understand the concept of a CEO being on vacation for three, four months. And you not you shouldn't be a CEO. If you want to do that, hey, don't Rob, be the CEO. Step down. That's not something you should be doing. But anyways, if that's the story, what are your thoughts about this when you see this? So, you know, there's a couple different things that uh, I'm kind of ruminating in my head. Number one, they're using the term bombshell. I don't think it's a bombshell. Meaning, was anybody shocked that the people at Twitter were limiting free speech? I don't think anybody's completely shocked by that. I think that's the reason that Elon, and we all understand why, Elon said, all right, I got to kind of step in and be um, a freedom of speech advocate and that's the reason he bought twitter let's not forget that elon musk voted for who in 2020 joe biden Biden, voted for joe biden i'll repeat that elon musk voted for joe biden so it it almost shows the independence and the the good nature of elon he could say hey look i could not support trump and not support what he stands for but at the same time i can be sort of an equal opportunist and an umpire and say this was wrong, right? Because ultimately this comes down to Elon Musk. I think we all would agree, would this story have leaked or would Matt Taibbi had access to these 
Twitter files if not for Elon Musk. Would you agree with that, Pat? Well, you said bombs. You said bombshell. It was. It's merely an accusation subject for debate. Mm-hmm. That's spinning around the view and everything else that are not really news organizations, but maybe it's not a bombshell, but it certainly is a validation. Wouldn't you agree? I I, no, I, I agree. I think it's something that th- this is essentially the reason why Elon Musk bought Twitter. One of the reasons it's freedom of speech. You saw that he's brought back Trump, but Trump didn't want to go back on there. He's brought back Kanye, who has now sort of canceled himself at this point. He brought back Tate. He's bringing people back <laughs> yeah. that should have never left Twitter. I guess my question is if everything would have played out and freedom of speech would have been, you know, allowed, how much would that have moved the needle of what the election? What are you talking about? It's a question. But I'm not so making I'm, a point. How about you ask yourself, what do you think? Well, I, there, I, what I'm trying to distinguish is freedom of speech, information, circulation, I think we can all agree upon that, versus a totally separate topic Election fraud, election deniers, freedom of speech. This is part of election fraud, but you, though. You don't but, think suppressing but that, information from this a is voter. Fraud. But that's that's what I'm that's what I'm I'm, I'm stating is that freedom of speech, disinformation yeah. is not actual election fraud. Yeah. Does it? Is it limiting information? Yes, we're on the same page there. But the two are separate. That's yeah. what I think. But, wait, but, wait, wait. No, no. But stay there. Mm-hmm. So you asked a wonderful question. Why don't you answer your own wonderful question? Mm-hmm. What's your question? I said, how much of this actually played a answer part it. of the election? Answer your own question. Yeah, I, I mean, we all saw what happened with Hillary when James Comey came out and basically said... In, I agree. Okay, that's what I I'm totally saying. I agree. And, you know, allegedly that could have swayed the electorate, right? But I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like we're there Adam, counting the ballots. You can't play that game. I'm I'm asking a you, question. You, but, you, but but here's a question. If you if you're asking a question of us, you ought to be able to answer that question yourself. So because I'll give you my answer. Okay, but but here's what I'm saying. Yeah, tell me. What is the actual Hunter Biden laptop story? What? Meaning, I I personally don't think that Hunter Biden is this evil henchman that's making all these deals Why are you behind you around the bush, bro. Answer your own question you just asked. I'm. You answered your own question. I'm you saying just asked. that whatever happened with Hunter Biden okay. and Twitter was wrong and should have not been suppressed. At the same time, that was not election fraud, bro. You you still are not answering. So you do you realize what it is to ask somebody a question that you're not willing to answer yourself? I asked the me question. Put, no, go let, ahead. Let me put the question you said. Do we need to go back and show you what you asked? How much of this would have impacted the election? Answer your own question. I don't know. That's the whole point. The, but you can't say I don't know. Could it have moved the needle? Would it have moved the needle in Arizona? Would it have moved the needle in Pennsylvania? So here's the Would it have moved the needle? I don't know. Possibly, Adam, I, Adam, I think, I think you, you have a belief under there and you just don't want to say it. You started to talk about James Comey in the emails. And we can also go back at Bush versus Gore. Bush had a drunk driving conviction that came out less than two weeks ahead. Polls moved. You've been, you, you didn't just turn 18 yesterday and just start voting. You've been around several elections, and you see how these things move voters. They do. You can answer your own question, and you but brought up Comey. You guys are missing my point. I'm saying that information should have been circulated. Agreed. Could that have moved the needle? Yes. Possibly. Definitely. But that is not election fraud. Election fraud is a separate topic. All the, all the lawsuits that Trump went yeah. to... To each and every single court, okay. 
were struck down and lost. Okay, so let's. So you let's, guys are trying to conflate Hunter Biden oh with the God. election fraud. Wait, 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 wait. So, so a conspiracy me of media let me, let me, keeps l- information from the voter. That's not fraud. Yeah. So let's 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 uh, let's. Uh, no, that's suppression. It's not fraud. Well, it's let's, voter suppression then. So you're un- suppressing the vote. Let's unpack. Let's unpack this a little bit. Okay. Let's unpack this a little bit. Because what you just said, you open up a can of worms. You you asked the question that maybe I should have asked the question, but you asked the question. So if you ask the question, you got to own the question. So no, I don't. I'm I'm asking you guys the question. I, I, you answer the question. But but no, if you if you do ask a question like that, you have to be able to also answer the question you're asking. So let's let's let, let me give you the answer to Go. the question. To say, you know, would it have really? And I love because you know I watched so much CNN the last couple of days. Okay, the last two three days. Can you do me a favor? Go on CNN's YouTube channel and then go on MSNBC's YouTube channel. Go on CNN's YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and go to CNN. I, I want to show you. Hey, John Malone, you say you, no, no, you're you're right there, right? You're fine. So, hey, John Malone or Chris Denuncio, click on videos for me and zoom in a little bit so we can all see it. All right, so that's four hours. Zoom out a little bit so all the videos are on the same page. Okay. So first one is about what. She's signing off. Last one. She's by how sm- how sweet. Yeah. Chasing life. Smelling the way to love. love. Yeah. So, <laughs> you a so so watch this. Reporter shows how China's zero COVID policy. No problem. Trump. Of uh, uh, Russia. Another story. Pence about Trump. Keep going. Another story. Where's Twitter? Mother Not Trump, one. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Still no Twitter story. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. No Twitter story. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. No Twitter story. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. No Twitter story. We're at two days now. We're at Saturday, Sunday now. Keep going. Keep but going. But there's a no Trump Twitter story on every so line of more videos. By the way, the only reason you don't talk about it is because you know it has that kind of influence. So let's let I can do the same thing with MSNBC, CBS, ABC, everybody. Fine. Let me let me go to the other part about would it have had any impact. It was on its way for being the most viral tweet ever on Twitter. That's how crazy this Twitter, uh, Twitter Twitter was. Tweet was by New York Post before they shut it down. It was on fire going viral. The only reason it was going viral is because everybody was interested to see if this man who's about to be our president is using his card of presidency to steal money or get money from others. That is a valid concern for people to ask. People who go into politics for a long time and become rich concerns everybody from both sides, left, right, or the middle. A politician shouldn't go from making 140 grand a year to being worth $140 million or $20 million or $50 million. There's something that happened there. Now, so to answer the question, did it have an impact? Everybody who has common sense knows it had an impact. Could it have flipped? Of course it could have flipped. Now let's talk about uh, uh, the word that you're saying, election fraud. Let's let's unpack what election fraud really means. What is election fraud? Google I think it. I think the, the part that you're thinking about, election fraud, is... Ballots and stuff? Ballots. Correct. That's, no, no, but that's no. not just election fraud. Election fraud is multifaceted. Betrayal. Is betrayal one-dimensional or does betrayal have 20 different dimensions to it? Betrayal has tw- I, I can you can betray me twenty different ways. Mm-hmm. It's not just one way to betray me. Betrayal is not just about talking behind my back and telling me stuff that I. Betrayal doesn't mean you steal from me. Betrayal doesn't mean you flirt with my girl. Betrayal has twenty different dimensions to it, right? Okay, electoral fraud ele- has election fraud has multi different dimensions to it. Electoral fraud, sometimes referred to as election manipulation, voter fraud, or vote rigging, to election manipulation, which happened. 
voter fraud or vote rigging involves illegal interference, which they did, with the process of an election, which they did, either by increasing the vote share of a favorite candidate, which they did, depressing the vote share of a rival candidate, which they did. According to this definition, there is electoral fraud. So now, um, you get involved in Twitter and you're telling an organization that's 99% funding one side how to protect you, and this guy becomes president, let me tell you why a guy in Mar-a-Lago is furious, sitting there saying, what the hell am I doing wasting four years of my life in, the, in my 70s where I should be the president today, finish up my second term, love or hate me, I could have gotten my job done, but you guys got this other guy because there was election fraud through social media company. I didn't say ballots. I didn't say any of that stuff. This is proof. So for people to say, ah, it is what it is. It's just a non-story. Every CBS, ABC, anything that I see, anybody talking about it, onto any, it's, not, it's a story from the past. It's just this. It's not a big deal. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff why today, do you know who's the number one journalist in the world today? It's a guy named Elon Musk. Do you know who's the number one journalistic organization in the world effectively today in just six weeks of him running it? It's called Twitter. The way he's running it, we're about to drop some news. They're doing more journalism than CNN, CBS, ABC, NBC, all of those cats, including Fox, all of them combined. Twitter's doing more investigative journalism than any of those five cats combined, and it's ran by citizen journalists. Shout out goes to them. And for people who were frustrated and upset for something to be this, if you're about to marry a girl that I've known for a while and you're about to propose to her and you and I are boys, I'm talking boys from second grade, okay? I know this girl and you ask me, Pat, I'm about to propose. Is there anything I need to know? And I know some stuff that you need to know about her, okay? And I really, really, and this is the kind of stuff you should know, okay? Mm -hmm. Legit stuff. Imagine I don't keep that, I don't keep that from you, and I don't tell you. Six years later, two years later, you find out from somebody else, but you're already married. It's too late. We're married to Joe Biden right now. We don't have a choice. And then I tell you, and you say, you say Pat, what the f- why would you not tell me this? And I said, bro, it was two years. It's an old story, man. It's what she did 13 years ago. It's what was seven years ago. Who cares? Who can make a difference? Anyways, right now you're married. She's pregnant. And you guys are having a ton of fights that night. You said... If I would have known, I would have never married her. That's how America feels right now. That's exactly how America feels right now. They feel like somebody had intel on a girl that were getting ready to marry, but they didn't want to tell them until after they were married and they were pregnant already. Great point. That's the frustration people have, and it's very painful. And I understand their frustration. And at the same time, we still have to be leaders, responsible, and move on. Every, it's, it's a very weird dynamic. Like, living in the past, we got the information. Now we know who's shitty. Now we know who's dirty. Now we know who's playing the games. Great. We know who the actors are. Let's move on and make sure this doesn't happen to us again. How do we do that? That's my interest. My interest isn't sitting here bitching and complaining and whining. And let's change the Constitution. All that. No, I'm, not, I'm not that guy. All I'm saying is this matters. This is important. They effed up. They lied to you. They manipulated you. They backstabbed you. And they laughed at your face and said, who cares anyways? It's too late. Let's move on. Bullshit. You don't play those games with people, especially not in a country called the United States of America. And Pat, Anyways. A gr- great point. I'm going to make two points. Uh, when, you, when we first started off, you said about the seven seconds all combined. And we were kind of like, like in shock. But 
Is it really shocking that they're all boys? And I'm going to quote Goodfellas when De Niro tells young Henry Hill, he goes, I'm going to tell you the most two important things in life. Never rat on your friends and always keep your mouth shut. They're not going to tell the truth about what the hell's going on, right? You feel what I'm talking about? And then when it comes down to all the stuff that we're finding out from the FBI with Hillary with collusion and everything, from COVID, the oranges of, of the mass, the vax, Hunter Biden being the big guy and everything. I, I, you know that saying you're not supposed to say, I told you so? But doesn't it feel like that entire time, I told you so? I, was, I, was I that woke that people like me, people like you, I'm pretty sure time you're in the same boat. I knew it. I knew it the whole time. And I wanted to be like, I, I told you guys. They were suppressing the story. And when you're asking about what was in the story, the, ba- the big guy, the, basically his son was his bag man going to get the money. If that didn't affect the election, then, I, then what would? So, he, was yeah. the ba- he was the bag man. So, th- good point. Yeah. Re- respect. What? If the story would have gone out, yes. What was the story? Meaning, here yeah. we go. Hear me go out. Go ahead. We've all we've already established that half the country, or you know, a little bit less than half the country, was voting for Trump, regardless. Yes. The other half of the country was voting against Trump, regardless. Re- meaning, like, you know, Trump says I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, lit- m- murder, and I still wouldn't lose a vote. Meaning, people are dug in. Got it. So this story leaks. Hunter Laptop, we had the guy, John Paul Mack, boom, yeah. boom, boom. What is the story? Okay. And what is the story that would motivate somebody to change their vote that they're already locked in on? Go okay. ahead. Okay, so so for instance, like I brought up the Hillary and the collusion and the Russia, and she paid mm-hmm. a firm uh, to, to, to get all this dirt. If we found out, because one of the stories that he was saying when we spoke to him, I spoke to him in the green room, is that Hunter... Hunter was getting sent around the world to do little shady deals, and the big guy, his father, the vice president at the time, was getting a cut, okay? Hence, one of the reasons when this COVID hit, you're keeping this guy in a basement because this story is getting hot, so nobody could know, and we can't even even dig into the story to find out what the deal is. So one of the things, besides him doing crack, cocaine, who's, he's, yo, he's one of the luckiest crack kids in the world. He could do crack, record it, it could go public, and nothing happens to the guy. He's winning in that sense. But if we find out that he's doing all these deals and he's giving a cut to his father, even as vice president, you can't be the president, bro. You're doing shady deals with China, with Ukraine, with Russia, with all these people. It's shady business, bro. And if, if we were mad about a fake story that Hillary put in about collusion, that's a major story, bro. That's why you keep him in the basement. So Don't let him talk. This, and this election was tight. You, you go back and look at Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. I don't want to talk about the accusations of ballots. I don't. I just want to say that mathematically, the final numbers, whether you believe them or not, were freaking tight. Mm-hmm. Very tight in those four states. That was the whole election. They knew They're it tight was every tight. election. They knew it was tight. They knew that it, this was... Look, they knew when... Do you remember the, the two weeks before the election with Hillary? And the news media tone changed. They wouldn't cover the Trump rallies. Remember how many people were there? You don't have to like him. You don't have to admire him, but you look at who was at the Trump rallies and you look at how many people weren't at the Hillary rallies. Something was going on and they knew it was tight. And with Biden, they also knew it was tight and they also knew they did not have a compelling candidate. And they also knew that they had made a mistake. All the polling. What happened six weeks before the election? Count the appearances that Kamala Harris made six weeks before the election. They stuck her in the basement with Hunter. Why? Because she was not a compelling vice presidential candidate. They knew this thing was tight. They knew they were on it. And on October 20th, 
October 6th, they were like, man, this is the Hillary email story. This is the Trump drunk driving story. We lose a point and a half, and it wasn't the entrenched. As you correctly point out, people were dug in. That's not who it was. It was the American independent voter that was right there in the middle and would not have taken many of them in Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and this thing goes the other way. They knew it was tight. They knew they had to suppress it. Do you have a follow-up? Or you want yeah, to I mean, listen, I'm, I, I, this is all great. This is amazing. I'm not here defending Hunter Biden. I'm not his spokesperson. I'm asking legitimate questions of how much this actually would have affected the election. You guys seem to be 100% certain that had this story would have leaked, Trump would be the president right now. And I'm sure many people feel that way. And that's why people are very well, angry. Let me, let, me, let me do a different thing then for you. Let's see if we're going to make some progress here. According to the definition of... Electoral fraud. Do you, somebody who has a degree, you had a 3.7 GPA in high school, you're a smart guy on paper, do you consider what they did with Twitter, 99%, the email exchange, what you just saw, based on this definition that we just Googled, that there was election fraud? I believe that they're not in the traditional sense, but in the suppressing of information, yes. So according That's, to this definition, so let right. me read it one more time. I'm going to read it one more Give time. Give me the highlighted part. I'm going to read it one more time because English is my fifth language. So <laughs> electoral fraud, sometimes referred to as election manipulation. That's manipulation. Voter fraud, vote rigging involves illegal interference. That's this. With the process of an election, either by increasing the vote share of a favorite candidate, which is this, mm -hmm. or depressing the vote share of a rival candidate by silencing people on Twitter or both. Okay, so uh, I, I hear you out here, and I could uh, I just ask one thing. Was this illegal? Because this says illegal interference. Was this actually illegal? So, so you're thinking what they did wasn't illegal. What just happened with Twitter wasn't was illegal. Was it wrong? This is was it unethical? Was it immoral? But was well, it illegal? Well, it's fraud. If it's the definition of fraud itself is illegal. So, okay, so let, let, let me play, de guys. Yeah, I believe. I, I, I I'm, I'm playing from. devil's advocate. I here. know you are. Do you want to just sit around and all just no, no, no. be I on agree. the same page? No, and, no, I didn't say yeah, that. Yeah, Hunter Biden's the worst. And, and, the story's and, and, over. We're you don't moving need on. To raise your voice. We're, not, we we're not raising yeah, our voice. We all raise our voice. What I will say is. The bank. Let's 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 be devil's advocate here. I like let's, it. I'll, I'll use a nice little tone. We don't have to be a devil's advocate. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll we just speak, need to read I'll the definition. Very nicely, you, you have a three point seven GPA. The, the the Benghazi story that they were doing with Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Benghazi. 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 Yeah. Benghazi. Emails. 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 Yes. Emails. Emails. Yes. Yeah. Couldn't that be a very similar situation? I don't know why. Why this? don't deflect? Stay on this. I'm topic not deflecting, here. but I'm saying stay is, on this. That, she's a criminal. She's and a criminal. And that's validated. Yeah. People around her commit suicides too often. Wait, that's, too that's, often. That, and by the way, she's one of the most feared people in politics. Not him. People love Bill Clinton. They fear her. Do I know 100%? No. But if 74, whatever the number is, if 50 people around you, if 10 people around you keep committing suicides, I'm a little bit concerned. I watched this documentary. 400 people that this nurse was looking at, they made a documentary, whatever they call this guy, the movie came out, the, the good nurse, 400 people died because they're taking a drug. This guy eventually went to jail. The difference between her is she controls all these political organizations, so she's not going to go into jail. It's not going to be happening. How many people? 57 people from Clinton's inner circle have died in a strange circumstance the last 30 years. Yeah, it's a weird number, bro. Yeah. I mean, the other day, Steph Curry made five 
full court shots with one hand. Did you see this? I, I got, thought it was fake. I thought it was fake. He made Nobody shocked when that guy made baskets. With one yeah. hand, he made five full court shots. This guy's the greatest shooter of all time when he did this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you see something like that with Hillary, th- there's odds are there's something going out there. Yeah. So going back to this, to say whether it's illegal or not and beat around the bush with the story, what they did is election fraud. That's the definition of it. Fair enough. Can I ask you something about Hillary? Go for it. What's your level of certainty that she is a murderer? My my level of certainty in life works in the following way. I play with odds, Mm -hmm. just like I do with investments. Sure. I bought an Mbappe card, his most expensive card, two months ago. The reason why I bought an Mbappe card two months ago is because I think that guy's a badass mother, you know what. And he's the showing it right now, Pat. And guess yep. what? He just officially tied uh, Messi <laughs> and I think one more than Ronaldo or something yeah, like that for the most goals ever in the World Cup by player, and he's only 23 years old. Those guys are in the late 30s, okay? Mm-hmm. His card that I bought doubled in price in the last two months, okay? That's an odds game, okay, mm-hmm. that I'm playing, investment. If I talk to my kids, and last night, they, five frescas are missing, <laughs> and Melva tells me five frescas are missing, and I'm sitting there interrogating these kids to see who had the three Santa. frescas, we know we ended up finding out because of odds, based yeah. on who likes so fresca the most and who's an expert in that area, okay? <laughs> so eventually, we got the intel. I went to my Twitter files in my house and found out who drank the most fresca, and the guy eventually admitted to it uh, who it was, okay? So it wasn't Senna. But the point with something like this with Hillary— 54 people? Yeah, I mean, you're naive if you think it's a good idea to get into her inner circle. You're a very naive person if you think it's a honorable thing to go work for somebody like that. When you see what happened with Twitter and saying, I don't think it would have made a difference in election, you're either naive mm-hmm. or the following. And by the way, this is what I'm about to tell you right now. I'm giving you a bone, okay? And you can pick this and play with it all you want. You ready? All of us, to an extent, have selective hearing. Mm-hmm. We can only see the good our kids do. Great parents understand that their kids do things wrong, and they got to be disciplined, either by their teacher, by their coach, or people around them. Okay, Great parents. Sometimes we only see good in everybody. Sometimes we don't want the story to come out because we hate Trump, so we don't want to give him any credit for anything. God forbid if this story validates that Trump should have been president, and I'm wrong today, and I got to go pay back all the people that I took money from. Sometimes we don't like that story, right? Okay. But in reality, this is a real story, okay? And a lot of people that voted for him are going back to Walmart asking for a refund right now, saying, I want my vote back. They're not happy about their vote. But there are those who secretly, they're so proud that they publicly looked so good when Trump lost, they can't give in to this thing to give it any kind of credence because God forbid if they do, guess what? They were wrong. Hmm. We hate to be wrong. Cannot stand buyer's remorse. But a lot of people got buyer's remorse. We can, can move on to the next no, story. But I, I have 30 to give seconds. you a little pushback. I love you. I respect you. You're my mentor. You're my boss. You didn't give me the odds, though. What are the odds that she's a murderer? Oh, you're going into that? Well, you didn't answer the question. You told me who found the Yeah, I think that's a fair question. I'll give you the yeah. answer. What, what are the odds that she's involved in those 54 people that committed suicide? Right. I don't know, bro. I'm in the 60 percentile. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. I'm in the and, 60 and, percentile. And by the way, I appreciate that number yeah. because we learned something when we interviewed the Philip Muds, yeah. former CIA. And this is something that I, I constantly, constantly navigate to. And I implore the audience to use this as well. There's a major difference between what you think 
and what you know and what you can prove. Yeah. And nobody's proved that she's done that. Well, and listen, you're giving sixty percent. No, good. no, I'm saying sixty percent. But okay. let me tell you, 60%. but there's people out there that are like, hundred percent, bro. Yeah. No. I know for a fact, bro. I'm not saying it's that. like shut but, your bro, mouth. But, but fifty-four people, there's a little bit of smoke. Yeah. There was a fire. Don't you bro, think that people would follow that <laughs> so closely? Adam, if fifty-four of my salespeople <laughs> had committed <laughs> and they worked their direct yeah. reports of mine. Yeah. You should reconsider. I know. What I know who I'm looking at. His, his name, the guy who would be responsible would be Ricardo Aguilar. Be like, yeah, you know what? I'm thinking twice. I'd look right well, you know. on his horse. I, I'd like I, Ricardo I, on his horse. Let's and go his to the next story. Let's go I'm to exactly where I'm Let, going. With I this. think this is appropriate to go into two stories. I want to go into two stories. That's I want to so. go into the Trump story next, then CNN layoffs. I think all those are kind of going together. So. Trump calls for termination of the Constitution over Elon Musk's Twitter files leak. HuffPo, former President Donald Trump, suggested that the contents of the leak warranted a complete election redo or simply a coup in which he would be installed as president. A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Trump wrote on Truth Social in a follow-up. He added, unprecedented fraud requires unprecedented cure. In all the certainty of late 2020, Twitter went to relatively extreme lengths to deal with the laptop story. The platform blocked it. Sharing a link to the New York Post story meant your accounts could be blocked until you deleted it, which is what happened to then White House Press Secretary Kelly McCannany, whatever her name, last what name Mac is. I'm going to eventually get it. Okay, She's old news. By the way, uh, so this story here with Constitution, what are your thoughts on this with what uh, Trump said? Well, I'm not so much worried about where, what Trump said because obviously Trump has a uh, has a position here and he's sticking to it. I'm more concerned with what Elon Musk's response was. Did you see Elon Musk's response where yeah, he course. said no president or no person is bigger than the Constitution? Yep. And I think that's something that we can all get behind. No? Yeah. yeah. No, I, right, I so. agree. I agree on that. Here's Here's what I will tell you. Think if you're so you have to look at this from a couple different uh, perspectives. As an American, no, the Constitution is the Constitution. Okay, as an American, if everybody agrees on doing something with the Constitution from both sides, it's something we ought to entertain. Could be something we ought to entertain. Um, but at the same time, do think about if you're sitting there saying, "I'm telling you guys, <laughs> they did this." I'm telling you, and you're like, "Nah, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about." You're just a criminal. You're the one that's manipulating this. Da, da, da. Two years later, yeah, everything I said they did, they did. Yeah, but, you know, who cares? It's two years ago. Nobody really cares. Right? It's an old story. Think about how you would feel as an individual. So his understanding, he's just frustrated. Uh, and, and, he's just and, frustrated. And, and just going, going to, like, his anger. Yeah, he's nuts, right, Adam? But it's validating his anger. And January 6th, I don't give a shit what people call it, insurrection, the threat of democracy. No, it was a peaceful meeting. You know, hold on, peaceful. hold on, hold on, bro. If, let's, let's be real. It was a bunch of dorky-ass people taking photos on Pelosi's desk. People were getting them let in. There was FBI dudes riling people up. Let me explain something to you, bro. If you're more... I'm not condoning people getting killed because I think one, one guy had a stroke or whatever. But there's... People are more mad at that than... We're, this is cheating, bro. They cheated. They stopped stories. Who knows what else, what else shit that they stopped. I don't give a shit. Bro, January 6th, I don't give a shit. To be honest with you, that's why. Do you, Pat, do you guys think that that, now that whole comedian and all that, that smoke is going to die out now? Because guess what? He's, they cheated. They, they withheld stories. So now it's validating his anger towards it. 
And I'm t- all right, here's my question to you. Do you think of right now they just did a recount, a re-election, whatever? All right, guys, he's out of the basement. This story's out. Does he win, does he win the, the vote? Does he win the election right now, today, if they started all over again? You're no at, COVID, no at, everything. Well, no, no, I'm just saying. I don't know. Everyone wants to play Monday morning quarterback and go back two years and well, figure out what happened. Well, I know this. Donald Trump is a toxic candidate. I also know that Joe Biden is a very poor candidate. And in America today, we have choices between shitty candidates. Okay, I, I'm not a team. I'm not on team blue. I'm not on team red. I'm on team red, white, and blue. And this is the reason why everyone and their mother is like, I don't know, Ron DeSantis. I really wish I could. I, re- I, I have, I have very good friends. I bring this up all the time, who are as maggoted out as they come, and they're texting me and they're said, Hey, bro, I, I can't continue to be on the Trump train. So I don't know. I mean, and who gives a shit? We're not going back to 2020 as much as Trump truths about it or tweets about it, whatever they call it, a truth bomb <laughs> truth, these days. He's, he's We're not going back. And at the same time, I understand why people feel angry. Things were censored. You know, big tech has a major role in disseminating information or limiting information. So there's a lot of, a lot of people have a lot of bones to pick which i totally understand and i and i empathize with those yep. people but at the same time it's 2023 in about 25 days yeah yeah yep. we're not going back to 2020 i agree it's over i agree move on i agree and try to clean it up for 2024 yeah. by the way it's we've had two and a half years to discuss the hunter biden laptop What's story been suppressed though how much did that affect the midterms i mean not much what? so well wait a minute wait a minute whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you, you can't say how Uh-oh. much oh you, you, it, it didn't right. affect the midterms because this never came out before so the midterms. It didn't come out. If this would have come out before the midterms, you're saying it's not going to impact the midterms. You know it's going to impact the midterms. The timing of this was perfect for the left because this is going to impact elections zero. It's not going to impact uh, midterm, and it's not going to impact 2024. The, the, it couldn't come out at a better time for the left, period. If I'm a strategic, democratic, whatever, uh, strategist, let's just say, for the, for the left, I'm sitting there saying, guys, relax. The worst pos- the best possible time for us, the worst possible time for the Republicans. Mm-hmm. This ain't going to do nothing. This story's going to move on in the next two months, three months. They're done. We're going to move on to the next thing, and we'll find a bunch of stuff on DeSantis, Trump, that will make up and people will buy. Don't worry about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But let me, let me transition into this story. And, Tom, I want to get your thoughts on the CNN story. CNN boss hired extra security after cutting hundreds of staff members. Uh, this is a uh, Daily Mail story. Let me go to the story here. It's leaked. So uh, CNN uh, CEO Chris Licht uh, reportedly hired extra security to stand outside a conference room and follow him around after cutting network staff. Licht laid off hundreds of employees, including some big-name on-air talents like Preet Bahara. Allison Kosick, Dan Merica, and Chris Silza. Licht had sat in the executive conference room throughout the day with the doors open to take questions from remaining employees about the string of cuts. While most of the cuts were off-camera employees, contributors, producers, and reporters like Martin Salvage, Marianne Fox, and Alex uh, Field also faced layoffs and also uh, are now forced to look for employment elsewhere. Another major casualty of Licht's cuts was CNN spinoff HLN and its entire staff. That's why the lady was crying. So what are your thoughts on this, Tom? Well, I, I think we are such an angry people right now that uh, a CEO that's brought in to combination, do a turnaround, and part of that he has to wield the hatchet on staff. 
Um, it's not surprising to me, and I think it's very prudent that he did this, but it's completely unsurprising. We are such an angry people right now, and you're laying off a bunch of folks. I applaud the fact that if it is true that he was in the conference room, he was taking questions, so it sounds like he's trying to communicate it. Hey, there's no good way to say this. We're, we, we are not getting a good advertiser response. This was not done out of pettiness. This was not done out of preference. This was out this was done out of a lack of profit, and there's no money to pay these people. So he had to make changes, including some large contracts that apparently people that weren't pulling viewership. So I, I look at it and say, you may not like what it looks like, America, but this was a business decision. And, it, and if it is true, I applaud that he at least tried to have a dialogue with people. But the fact we are so angry and we are so on edge. You know, you know, he had to get security, and I understand that. You know, you know what's interesting about this? This happens. Every uh, large organization goes through this. But you know what happened with Twitter? When Twitter laid off 37, 3,500 people, it was cover story everywhere. He's a terrible man. But when CNN does it, it's a different story, right? Think about how they have to spin the way they're letting people go versus – how when Twitter story, every other second they were talking about Elon Musk, let's go up 3,500 people. Elon Musk, let's go up 3,500 people. And then you're doing this. FYI, John Malone, I think you said you want to go back to journalistic integrity. You said that, okay? These are your words. You said you want to take CNN back to real. By the way, is there audio cut up? Do you hear my audio? Mine was a little, a little bit. Yeah. You're, you're, I think you guys are good. Mine, something's happening with mine. You just if, chop, the, if the audio is, if the if the audience is not hearing anything going on my audio, then it's just my mic. It's fine, but I hear something going on with my mic. But if John, if you're talking about you really want to do that to CNN and you're really committed to it, can I ask you why you haven't yet covered this Twitter story? There has to be conference calls with leaders at the top. Or are you like when the stories at Twitter, the story didn't come up to Jack Dorsey because maybe he wasn't involved during those times. Maybe he was off-site. And you don't think the Twitter story needs to be told by your people? What do you think? You think the fake news label that CNN got is gradually going away? Or you think you're increasing it by actually not talking about what was just released this past Saturday by Twitter documentation, not opinions, screenshots of email exchange. There is nothing more real than an email coming from a person telling you what they're asking somebody of an organization like Twitter to do, and you still haven't covered it. So guess what? CNN, you are still fake news. And until you're willing to do your part, competing on both sides, telling, doing journalism on both sides, unfortunately, until that changes, CNN is still fake news till today. Hopefully they'll do something about it because we need competition in media. I told this thing about how all of us here use an iPhone. Okay, does anybody not use an iPhone? Rob? Tell us you don't use an iPhone. iPhone. Your iPhone. This is terrible news, by the way, that everybody uses iPhones. We need competition in media so people are watching everybody. We need it everywhere. This doesn't benefit if CNN is not doing journalism anymore. Mm-hmm. It does not benefit it. So, you know, when I see a stat like this, one criticism, if you criticize others for getting laid off and you just did it yourself, it's kind of painful. Yeah. Number two, if you really say you want to change, turn things around, well, maybe you start kind of talking about some real stuff instead of just fake, 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 I, I, constant. You know, I wonder about his security. Were they armed? Because, I mean, people have seen that and probably like, not anti-Second Amendment, but ain't nobody there got a gun. So they were just a bunch of buff guys <laughs> walking around like, we Pat, got you. Because this guy... Um, 
John Malone is who compared to Chris Licht? Chris Licht is the new CEO, and John Malone is John Malone's the, the billionaire. Yeah. John okay. Malone, Chris Licht is the CEO. He's, he's, he's the, the new Ted Turner. He's the new. He's the Ted Turner's a founder, but he's the new guy that owns and runs the company. Since um, since you're an odds guy, um, what percentage of CNN do you think of what they disseminate is fake news? Uh, what percentage what they disseminate is fake news right because it's not a hundred percent it's not zero percent so of, of course and same thing for fox same th- i mean for everyone of, of so course just, not of you know course as an not. odds guy yeah i would i don't know the exact number i'm not going to sit here and tell you it's fake news or it's not i guess what i would say is more um lack of doing your job biased I, I, listen for us we're not journalists you, you can call the citizen journalism but we, Opinion. we run businesses for a living mm-hmm. we we Run, come with this is a podcast. We're going to talk about a bunch of different business stories today. We're going to have laughters. We're going to entertain. We're going to educate. We're going to enlighten. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship capital. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to do this every day. That's what we're doing with our company, right? These guys, their job is to tell us what the hell is going on. They get paid to do investigative journalism, and we're getting none of that. Mm-hmm. How many people are sitting there investigating what's really going on with Twitter with Hunter Biden at CNN? Mm-hmm. Zero. How many people were investigating what happened with Russia collusion? everybody and ended up being wrong do you realize how pathetic an organization looks when they do that credibility of cnn look at this this is statista this is not anybody else zoom in a little bit if you could zoom in a little bit okay i mean w- very credible 23 percent somewhat credible 30 percent not credible at all 12 percent not at all credible 20 percent heard of no opinion 13 percent never heard of it this i mean i don't know if what Scroll this scrolling a little bit rob uh, scroll in or out? Scroll in. So I go to the left. What's the second number? 20 and 30? 30%, yeah. So 50% of the country thinks that they're very or somewhat reliable. 53%. 53. 47%. And the other half of the country says that they're not very credible yeah. or not at all credible. Which is kind of yeah, America is, if you think kind of about. America. But, I like to but, see Fox's but, but you know, you know what I would say, again, <laughs> with them? If you go mm-hmm. and you investigate... Russia, and you told us, we're not the experts, that that's what happened, and it was all fake, you're criminals. You're criminals. You caused, how many unnecessary fights did that fake story about Russia create in oh families? Oh my God, how many families? Well, yeah. You're absolutely right. I, I do think that, so for instance, um, who was who was on the other day? Was it, um, oh, it was Ari um, Fleischer. Ari Fleischer, and he sa- I said, give me someone who's credible, because this whole thing was, that journalism is very yeah. biased, and he's, he's I, very I like much the name he that. gave. And he said that Brett Bear at the you know five o'clock, six o'clock hour on Fox News—that's someone that he finds to be very credible. I actually happen to like Brett Bear. I've met Brett Bear in person, and I took a picture with them and gave him respect. I actually think that's the type of person. But then you know after seven o'clock, eight o'clock, then you get into the Laura Ingram and Tucker. So there is a difference in this kind. Of, it's by the way the same thing with with you know you have Wolf Blitzer and you have uh, Jake Tapper who I also find to be pretty credible, and then you get into the Don Lemons and you get into you know the Anderson Coopers. So there is a major difference between newsmen, newscasters, even journalists to that regard, and opinion journalists. And I think that that's th- there's like this conflated sense of like, well, it's all kind of it's on CNN, so it's all. Intertwine or it's all fuck. What's my point is that I think on certain shows, opinion shows, there should be sort of a disclaimer that this is Don Lemon's opinion. I agree. This is Tucker Carlson's opinion versus someone like Brett Baer or someone like um, Shepard Smith or someone like Jake Tapper where it's like this is the news.
because you can't treat the same equally. Just like how you kind of gave us, like, listen, we're business people. We're doing a podcast here. We're not the news. We're not the journalists. So there, there's a the people understand that this is an opinion. Do you, not, way, you, do ask, you not agree? You asked for Fox's score. Here's Fox's. Yeah. It was 58. Fox is 58. CNN is 53. Okay. That's saying what? I, I can't see so good. No, no. You, you asked for the question. Yeah. The very credible and the somewhat credible Fox is 58. CNN was 53. So Fox has got uh, CNN beat by 5%. So America trusts Fox News more than they trust CNN. By so 5%. That's a big percent. That's 10% more. That's, a, that's not a small <clears throat> percentage you're talking about when it comes down to percentages. And Pat, I, I give them – you know, I would, I, I would respect them more if they just had a, whoever's in charge now just to be like, hey, guys, look right in the camera and be like, we, we fucked up. We're sorry. It'll never we'll try happen. to be better. Yeah. Oh, what I'm saying huh. is then people might kind of chip because, like you say, Adam, it's not objective journalism. They're political mm -hmm. activists. And I get it. I'm pretty sure the DNC gives money to CNN, right? And the Republican Party hooks up yeah. Fox. But why is, why is the Fox winning? Why are they killing? Well, why is Tucker Carlson number one and killing it? Is it just that many more Republicans out there? Let's move on. Let's move on to some business stories here. So, Tom, I'm going to go to you first. Four in ten consumers expect housing market will crash. Survey finds four in 10 consumers believe uh, housing market will crash. Economists and real estate industry, by the way, that's a uh, uh, economists and real estate industry uh, leaders generally agree that the U.S. housing market has slowed and will continue to in 2023, but have tended to use words like temper, modest, correction when referring to declining sales and price ahead. Crash is a word that has been almost universally avoided. Consumers may have gloomier expectations. A recent lending tree survey of 2033 Americans ages 18 to 76 found 41% believe the housing market will crash in the next 12 months. Crash is defined as a significant drop in home values in a short period of time. Of those expecting a crash, three out of four think it will be as bad as worse of 2008 housing crash. Home prices posted the third straight monthly decline in September. Tom, thoughts? What's really interesting, I dug into this, and there's. you say to yourself, well, why do people think this? Why do they think it? And so I back up and say, why do they think it? And I looked in here, and right now the days that listings are on is 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 extending. I saw Redfin. I saw Zillow stats. So the number of days are on the market are getting longer and longer and longer. And the number of um, showings is 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 like way off. And it's because interest rates are high. And people can't afford to buy houses. So if Vinny's selling his house, Vinny's my friend. I said, how's it going? It's going nowhere, man. I had a good realtor. It's been on the market. Nobody came here. Open house. There's like three couples. And, you know, it's just sitting. It's just sitting. We, and she told me to drop it $49,000. So I dropped it $49,000 and it's still sitting. So Americans, number one, they know that things are sitting on the market. Number two, they know that the mortgage rates are higher and it's making them all worried. Those are the two facts that you get you dive into the consumer sentiment. That's what they say, man. Nobody can sell a house in our in our street. And boy, look at the mortgage rates. The average person that doesn't read the Wall Street Journal, who's just aware of their own community, that's what they're seeing. What's also interesting is how regional this is. Right now, California, Washington, Oregon, and uh, Nevada, it is in crash mode. Whereas South Florida, buoyed by a, a huge influx of people called demand, the market has only moved about 3 4%. So depending on where you live is also connected to this. But consumers are not dumb. And they're, they're seeing what's out there. And suddenly it feels pretty bleak. And you survey, survey them. And they said, oh, this thing's going to crash. 
Tom, let me ask rational you, confusion. In, in your expert opinion, we can all agree that the 2008 financial crisis was spurned by the mortgage-backed securities and the what, what was the Nina? No income, no assets, and basically the loose lending. Right? I mean, that's essentially the reason that the economy almost tumbled. All these mortgage-backed securities and all this uh, loose underwriting. Similar. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, okay. The, we were default and inventory both okay, shot so, through the roof. So there was a lot of bad actors. There was a lot of you know loose underwriting. There was this, whether it was illegal, fraudulent. You know, I don't know how many people went to jail for it. I don't know, but people were sort of calling it Michael Burry. So there there were some definite reasons for that. In your expert opinion, what are the the one or two bullet point reasons why this crash would happen now? Is it interest rates? Is it is it supply and demand? What would it be? Well, first of all, what goes up must come down. And because we printed all that money, we artificially inflated asset prices. We've talked about mm -hmm. this on the podcast before, from cards, sports cards, collectors, to artwork, NFTs, gold, to used, to used cars yes. popped up. Remember? Correct. And so what goes up must come down. And right now what you've got is this crash is not going to be the structural disaster where you had all of those um, adjustees popped. Because remember, what happened wasn't that they had bad loans. It's that they all adjusted. And once the adjustment started, it was this horrible downhill storm of people defaulting because the interest rate came up and they're like, sorry, I can't pay that. I have to default. What you have right now is you had artificially inflated prices that have to come back down, and they're coming back down in the face of two things. Interest rates are really high, and you, you've got you know, the affordability in terms of the individual consumer, so the demand side. So I don't see a structural disaster the way there was with the adjustable mortgages that suddenly adjusted and squeezed everybody and they defaulted. I do see that... The prices were artificially inflated, and now you've got, oh, interesting, the areas that have low demand, like California, Washington, where people are moving out of those blue states, reducing the demand for houses, and that's where you see it coming down first. But Americans are not dumb. Uh, they're out there right now, and they're, they're feeling this, and for a lot of people, average means, this is sad. Let me go to this next one, because there's different markers when you look at this. Fewer tourists and less spending in Las Vegas as inflation takes its toll. Inflation is taking its toll on Sin City as fewer tourists are visiting the gambling mecca and those who do spend less than usual. The University of Las Vegas Business School released a report forecasting the city's economic outlook between 2022 and 2024 noted that its economic turned grim in June of this year. Interest rates have gone up. And we know that we know that prices are going up as well. And that's what the Fed is trying to get their hands around and solve. So it may be that Fed's policies is having an effect not only nationally, but it's also affecting our economy locally. One of the study's authors, Professor Stephen Miller, said, Tom. You know, it's interesting about this as well. Um, basically, people in Las Vegas are hurting because, you know, you can spin everything you want in the news. And we've just covered that a little bit. But there are two things that are very, very true right now. Savings rates are crashing and people have stuff on um, credit cards and they're using that for average purchases. If you're doing that, you do not have that extra 500 bucks to go with two buddies to go see a ball game in Vegas and gamble a little bit. You just don't have it. And that is the core of Vegas. And 
you're, you're, you're seeing it right now. And so the tourism's down, and when the tourists are there, we don't spend as much. We gamble a little bit, not a lot of it. We don't party. We don't have a $4,000 bachelor party for our buddy. We, it's, mm-hmm. we spend less or we don't go. That's crazy when you're saying that. When, when COVID happened, I would go to Vegas regularly because we were signing a contract with MGM Grand Arena. So my driver would pick me up. And I would say, so tell me how is, I would ask everybody, yeah. how's traffic in Vegas? Not back yet. How is it? Oh, everyone got laid off. MGM. How many people got laid off here? 90% of our people working for MGM Grand Arena are laid off. No way. What are they doing? They're all trying to find some work. But where did they have to move out because you're in the event business, right? Yeah. You can't. So a, a way to gauge economy is Las Vegas. A way to gauge economy is nightclubs. A way to gauge like the story you were talking about yesterday with Miami, how Miami, a year ago, crypto, yeah. 11 had $6, six million dollars of crypto. Bitcoin they accepted to this year. 11,000 in the last 90 days. That's just mind-boggling to me when you hear a number like that, right? So nightclubs tells a story. Las Vegas tells a story. Gambling tells a story. All of these things are telling a story. You know, now somebody may come back and say, well, Pat, didn't we have record-breaking Black Friday and Cyber Monday? That's also a story mm-hmm. because... The numbers were up for online sales, but the numbers were down for physical going to a place, which makes sense. People no longer want to go to a physical place, <laughs> deal with lines standing yeah. outside. Dude, I just go on Amazon and buy it, and yeah. it's going to be shipped to me anyways. And nowadays, they're shipping faster. Mm-hmm. So this, you know. I was so disappointed. Uh, Thanksgiving Day, I usually like to watch the riots at Best Buy where people come in and put <laughs> yeah. the 70-inch TV. Listen, they they took it. the year off. That's so fun. But, and, 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 uh, but, but, I mean, Pat, think about it. If, it's, if it's, that's the biggest sale day, people are going to spend money that they, you know, they could kind of, because it's 40% up. But Tom, what do, you, what do you think would be, what's going to be like this crash that they're talking about? And I know since I've been here, I've been here for six months, you guys have kind of been, you know, we're hovering around, you know, 6, 12, 18, 32, you know, whatever. What do you think is going to be that breaking point where it's just going to like, I'm not hoping for the 2008 crash, but like people like me that have been kind of saving and stuff, because listening to my boy Adam, like we're wanting to buy, Pat, I want to, I'm going to probably live in Florida for the rest of my life. I want to buy a house. I'm not going to take advantage of people's failures, but I'm waiting. When you think, I know we've been talking about it, what's going to be the 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 straw to break the camel's back? Well, what do you I'll, guys think? I'll defer back to Pat, but we've been talking on this podcast for a while that the that Goldman and others are calling top rate, was it Pat, five and a quarter, four and uh, three quarters like May, right? That's what they're calling top. They believe that's going to be the top. Now, what that means, Vinny, is that's when the increases stop because they believe they have inflation under control based on a lot of things they watch, including unemployment. Once that happens and it comes down, then you're going to see you know, so maybe housing opportunities out there and you're not taking advantage of somebody's misfortune. If they have to sell that house and you have the capability of buying that house, that is a transaction. It may not be as good as those people like it, but you know what? Let, me, let me give you a data. Let me, I'm sorry. I just want to give one thing about Vegas. At mid-year is what I'm looking. Yeah. This, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're like, we're yeah, a <laughs> I Listen, yeah, well, that's true. Uh, I think we can all agree you're not going to Vegas like you're going to Florence to go check out the uh, history. You're yeah. going there to party, to drink, to gamble, to do... Crazy. Sinful type of activities. That's yeah. why it's called Sin City. So I'll give you a story. Two years ago, a buddy of mine uh, was having his bachelor party. And most of us live in, in South Florida and Miami. And he's like, dude, we're going to go to Vegas. It's a very emotional decision to go party and, and live it up. That's yeah. a, it's not a, like logical acting. Well, you know, I think we should have a good time. Let's go. We're going to party. We're going to rage. I said, guys, let me give you a little, little food for thought. There's 10 guys. <laughs> Okay, I said we're all gonna fly to Vegas. We all gotta get hotel rooms. We all gotta, you know, eat meals, this, that, party, clubs, nonsense, gamble. I said we're all gonna end up spending three grand a person. Okay, that's thirty freaking grand 
between de- 10 dudes. I said, if we just stay in Miami, mm-hmm. don't succumb to our emotional, you know, primal Instinct, instincts. Yeah, yeah. What do you think we could do with 30 grand staying here in Miami? Yeah. And I wrote it down. I said, we could do this, <laughs> this, this, this. Universally, unanimously, they're like, Adam, logical <laughs> reason, we are staying in Miami. <laughs> By the way, for 10 grand, we had a ridiculous bachelor party. I would have invested the rest so of the 20. What I'm saying is, <laughs> stay local and that's, save that money. That's a great story, dude. That's dope. So, Go see uh, you at the you, comedy club, make it rain. The, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the, the, the question you just asked, let's address the question you just asked. When is a good time to buy a house, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of people, I was on Tom Ferry's podcast, and we were going back and forth. He had another guy that's a real estate expert. We, well, I don't think, I think maybe the real estate's going to take a hit around, you know, somewhere shy of 5% next year in 2023. Speaking like a realtor, sweetheart of a guy, but that's what they're saying right now, Okay. Savings rate plunges to lowest since 2005. This is an Axios story. Americans are spending most of what they're earning these days. Okay, The savings rate in October was the lowest since 2005 and the second lowest on the record ever. Let me say that one more time, folks. It's very important, Vinny, for you to hear this. I am. Americans are spending most of what they're earning these days. Do you know how scary that is? The savings rate in October was the lowest in two, since 2005 and the second lowest on record ever. This is America, yeah. richest country in the world ever, right? Thanks to higher prices and a return to normal life that has folks traveling and going out again, Americans are spending more and saving less. And for now, many are sitting on a lot of savings so that they don't need to sock as much money away. Keyword. They're sitting on a lot of savings right now. A lot of folks build up a big cash cushion over the past couple of years, but the inflation trending higher than wage increases. At some point, something's got to give. So what does this mean? All right. So people are not selling a house right now for what it should be worth because they have some money. Mm-hmm. They're not in a hurry. Uh, people are – I bought a, a Tiger Woods most expensive, most, best card I just bought. It sold for $396,000 a year and a half ago. I just bought it for $140,000 oh, wow. cash. And he wanted three hundred, dollars and I paid one forty four. This card sold 17 months ago for three ninety six. I bought it for $140,000, okay? I just bought a Joe Burrow card. That's a million-dollar card. It's one of one. It's a national treasure one of one. I bought the car for three hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> I bought a, a couple uh, Mbappe cards. Max uh, Max's last name. What's Max's last name? The driver that won two Formula One championships. Uh, Verstappen. 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 I just bought two of his cards. That guy's a freaking stud of a guy, his right? Cards are young. Going. Young too. And and buying. I just bought the Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes second best card. I think that guy's a stud of a guy. That's a million and two card. I bought it for four hundred thousand dollars, three hundred eighty thousand dollars, right? So people are starting to sell things like that. So cash is still available to people. They're being reckless, not saying, not saving money, thinking that money is going to be coming regularly. They have no clue what happens when unemployment goes up high next year. And then eventually, in the next 6, 9, 12 months, they're going to sit there and say, babe, I think we have to be realistic. That conversation with a realtor is going to be had. Mm-hmm. And a realtor is going to sit him down and say, listen, John, Mary, I have to tell you guys this. If you're not going to hear from me, you're going to hear from the next realtor if you fire me. And here's what the conversation is. And she, he's going to show, he or she's going to show five, six, seven different stories. And it's going to say, real estate's taking a hit. Mm-hmm. And although you think this is a million-dollar home, this is actually a $790,000 home at best. Mm-hmm. I say we go in the market with 870 and if we get offers in the high sevens, let's entertain it. And that realtor 
has to sit there just like a doctor telling a patient, if you don't stop losing weight and stop eating sweets, you're going to have a heart attack and die Mm -hmm. in the next 12 to 24 months. Doctors have to have that conversation. Then it's on the patient to say what? Doc, he's full of shit. What are you talking about? No problem. Keep eating what you're eating. Two years later, I'll see you again for a heart attack, yeah. and we'll have that meeting. Yeah. Let's, matter of fact, set it up in the calendar because your lifestyle <laughs> is leading to a heart attack. Yeah, People are starting to realize their financial situation is about to have a heart attack. And unfortunately, very few of us like to pay attention to different markers that's trending, trending towards a bad event coming up in our personal life, in our finances, in our health. In many different aspects of our lives, arrogance, we, we, we are so blind. We have so many blind spots. Human nature has that, right? America's going through it. So if I'm, again, I'm not an expert in this space. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm a real estate expert. We can talk to some other people about that. My opinion is if I'm buying something, I'm very patiently waiting until middle of next year to Q3 of next year. Okay. If I'm going to be living in a house for 10 years, fine. Go buy a house today. But if I'm looking at something that I'm buying that I don't know if I'm going to live in it for 10 years, I'm probably waiting till middle of next year. Mm-hmm. Adam. Look, um, I love the fact that when it comes to your money, it's called personal finance. Because if there's anything that, uh, that I'm an advocate of, and I know we're all advocates of, it's personal responsibility and personal decisions. We live in freaking America, for those of us that live in America. What a blessing <laughs> to be able to live here and not deal with the nonsense that the rest of the world has to deal with. And, you know, one of the things I always say is there a difference between broke and poor. Poor is, man, you're living in a poor-ass country. You have no opportunities. You are poor. Yep. You know, poor is a, is a horrible mindset, is a horrible situation to be with. Broke is a different thing. Broke is you make 50 grand a year, and somehow you can't get by on, on 50 grand a year. Broke is I make a hundred grand a year and somehow I'm living paycheck to paycheck. You see these stats of these millennials. Fifty percent of millennials making a hundred grand or more are living paycheck to paycheck. You see these stories, and it's like on one hand I'm like, hey, I hear you, I understand, it's tough out there. But on the other hand, I'm like, buddy, you're making a hundred grand a year. Figure it though out. Yeah. So everything comes down to wants versus needs. Understanding, keeping up with the Joneses, understanding what lifestyle creep is. The more money you make, the more money you want to spend on nicer things. And um, at the end of the day, you have the power to control your own finances. You have the power to go get another job. You have the the power to stay home on a Saturday night versus going to Vegas like we just discussed. So at the end of the day, save that money. It's on you. I think, Pat, well, I didn't want to put it on blast here, I think, because, Pat, what we're a point we're getting to. Me and Adam would like to borrow 500 grand from you <laughs> and 500 grand from you and start an app called Vegas Schmegas. Yeah. And we're going to bring tourism to Miami. Because wow. then that's the story. Are you guys in? I like it. I like it. Vegas Schmegas. Vegas Schmegas. We don't need let me, it. Let me Miami. Get thoughts, Pat. We've discussed these stories that have kind of gone up and down like a yo-yo over the last couple of years with COVID. You know, they're using like the return to normal, yeah. which is like go back out and just spend money. Yeah. And versus we've seen debt come down and then personal savings go back up and house prices but at the end of the day it's it's your own individual decisions what you do with your money and your finances is, is it not it is and and you gotta for some people right now they're going through really rough times it's for some people are really exp- exp- experiencing the pain you, you know like think about going to sleep every night worried about your company's about to announce layoffs and if you're on that list and you have to clean up your resume okay 
That's a scary place to be. But I will also remind those same people, if it's a scary place today, listen, if we can just be straight up with you, you were very arrogant a year and a half ago bullying your employer for constant raises every 90 days and threatening them to leave if they didn't give you a raise. You know who you are if you're listening to this. You did that. So both ways, if you did that, you're paying a price today because Jedediah asked me a question. She says, does a, a, a body count matter? Okay. Do you remember when Jedid asked me the question, does body count matter? Yeah. And I said, here's the best way for me to explain body count. Like, do you, if a girl's been with 100 guys or 50 guys or whatever, does that really matter? I said, the same way it matters if you have 20 jobs in the last 10 years on your resume. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you got 20 jobs on your resume the last 10 years, that tells me you don't know how to handle conflict. You eventually quit. You're the problem. It's not the company. It's not the organization you're part of. You're, you have a negative attitude. You probably also get other people to quit. You attract the life out of the place. You blame everybody. There's an issue with you going into 2024. That's got 2023. That's got to change. So if the trends, by the way, if somebody's listening to this, we can all sell others and blame everybody for our problems. We can blame our bosses. We can blame everybody. Or we can sit there and say, no, this is me. Dude, in the last 10 years, you've had 20 jobs. Why is that? we got to fix something there, right? So as much as some of the people that are going through challenging times right now, you got to go back and look at the decision-making being made a year, two years, three years, four years, five years ago. Our current life is a byproduct of five decisions we made in the last five years. Let me just simplify it for you. Your current life today is a byproduct of five decisions you made in the last five to ten years. Who you married, what you bought, job you took, why you quit, how you lost your emotions in a situation that you could have stayed calm. It's really five decisions you made. You take those five decisions out, you're probably in a different financial situation today. Okay, And if your life is incredible today, you take those five good decisions you made the last five years, your life could be shitty today. Mm -hmm. So we have to get better at our decision-making process. The better we get at making decisions, life tends to give you better life, better lifestyle, better friends, better people, better investments, better opportunities. Things get better. So maybe if there's one skill set that we need to improve in 2023 is a system for making better decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay? And if I, you- I, I got to just give you a shout out for how on point and accurate that is. Uh, that This is, comes down to individual decisions, individual responsibility. You, it's so on point with what you said. The five decisions that you made over the last, would you say five years or whatever five it is? Five to ten years. Everyone wants to play the blame game. I'm thinking of a press of a friend. He's like, oh, you know, they don't pay me enough. Oh, they don't appreciate me. And I'm thinking, I know this person. I'm like, I see the decisions you're making, yeah. my friend. I see what you're doing on the weekends. I see you've told me what you did a few years ago. And so I'm I'm able to be your friend and hear you out. But I also know deep down you weren't making the best decisions. So you want to kind of blame the boss or you want to kind of blame the company or you want to blame whoever was in your roommate, whatever it was. But the hardest thing to do, bro, is look in the mirror and be like, I really could have done better. (laughs) I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I such, so agree with what Pat is saying it's right hard, here. It's, a very it's on hard, you. By the way, we all have a hard time with that. Anybody says they don't, they're full of shit. 100%. Everybody has a hard time with that. But it's 20, you know, there's a few things like last night's meeting, Tom, was an awesome meeting. 
I mean, one of the breakthroughs we had last night was freaking sick. It was an emotional breakthrough we had last night, right? Absolutely. We're going back and forth, back and forth, and then boom, ding, 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 it hit, right? It's exciting looking at the stuff that we're working on for 20. You know, this whole week is about business plans. I got meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting this week. I'm going from, mm-hmm. you know, this visit. We have a, a board meeting. We have an FAB meeting. We have a carrier meeting where we're entertaining all our top multi-billion dollar carriers that are flying in town. We're going to be entertaining them. We're going to be telling them what we're going to be doing in 2023. We got this December for me is a very, very busy month. Mine is Christmas. And by the way, speaking of business plans, here we go. I'd like to thank our sponsor, which is the business planning workshop Ooh, that you're doing like next that. Friday, which is, <laughs> is it sold out already? Kai will thank you for this. He better. Kai will Hi. thank you for this. Is it sold out I already? don't think it's, uh, I think the, the live ones is sold out. Okay, but is uh, it too late to register? No, you can at this point. Because that thing is sick. Put the link below business for that. planning workshop right here. I'd like to thank our sponsor, ourselves, for sponsoring this. <laughs> what a but great... We, we did this last year. I want to say we did it in Big early hit. January. Massive hit. No, this was a massive hit last year. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And we're doing it again this December. The, the, the response, the reviews were amazing. And if you're, if you're working on a business, I mean... You want to kind of give a plug of why they should attend something like Listen, this? Listen, for the longest time, I you know I treated business plans like homework until I figured out what's the right business plan to write that produces emotions. The average person doesn't look at their business plan after the month of February. They just don't. They just kind of sit there and say, hey, it was like a homework, New Year resolution, and they're done with. This one, we're going to give you specific 12 building blocks to write a business plan that increases chances of the things you write down on your business plan for 80% of them to become a reality and we're doing this on December 16th. Rob, if you can put the link below for people to get registered, those who want to, we'll give you the link. Okay, next story. I want to get into, uh, do we want to do Musk? Do we want to do Kanye? Do we want to do economy? Why don't we finish up this Fed uh, rates here, Tom, and uh, uh, economy with Wall Street Journal. I'm going to go to this one here. So Fed to weigh higher interest rates next year while slowing rises this month. Federal Reserve officials have uh, signaled plans to raise their benchmark interest rates by half a point. Uh, at their meeting next week, but elevated wage pressures could lead them to continue lifting to higher levels than investors currently expect. That's a scary thought right there. Yesterday, the market responded to that uh, data. I think it dropped like a couple percent yesterday. Doubt it. Most officials in September penciled in rising rates in between 45 to 5% next year. That landing zone could rise between 4.75 and 5 and a quarter in the new projections. Fed Chair Jerome Powell outlined two possible strategies for pr- proceeding. One would be to quickly raise the Fed funds rate well above 5% level, broadly anticipated in financial markets, and then lower it right away if it turns out they have gone too far. Another would be to go slower and feel your way a little bit to what we think is the right level, and then to hold on longer at a higher level and not lose some policy too early. Tom, if I'm reading this correctly, Am I am I understanding that this guy is maybe hinting in January doing three quarters of a basis point, maybe up to a point, to just put a big shocker to the system and see how it responds? Yeah, th- what we're seeing is a episode of Dexter playing out in the economy. Oh wow! The, the economy is tied with duct tape to a chair, while Dexter looks in. Do I do half a percent with this tool, or do I just take the bone saw and cut off your arm on this side? And that's that's really morbid, and I'm not trying to be funny with that. But when I hear the Fed talking like that, well, maybe I do three quarters of a percent in, um, you know, in the middle of December, or maybe I do a half a percent in January. Honey, does that mean you get laid off in December versus January? I'm trying to figure that out, Marge. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like going back and forth. Um, But that's what he's saying. What he's saying is we got some indicators here 
that said that inflation is still a problem. And he's trying to decide whether he does a big increase, yell loud at the economy to see if your kids stop and go to their rooms and go to bed, Mm -hmm. or if you just raise your voice a little bit, raise it a a half a percent. He's That's what when you think about it, that's what he's actually trying to do. He's trying to see if he can get the economy to slow down a little bit. And does he do a big right now or do a little bit in January? But it doesn't change what we were just talking about, that May-June time frame is going to be the high point. Now the question is just, is it going to be all the way to five and a quarter, or could we get lucky and be four and a half? Ladies and gentlemen, both numbers are big, and it's – not going to be a soft landing. If you're saving your money, if you're being prudent, the things we were just talking about, planning for next year, your future will look yeah. bright. Last Great l- metaphor, Tom. Dexter. Amazing. I'm a little nervous now being around Tom. I'm sitting next to him. You would be the per- <laughs> you'd be the perfect candidate to nice, good family man, yeah. Christian man, biz doc, this alter ego. Low key, where's Tom going every night? <laughs> He's got all these business yeah, meetings. And, and and, but the funny these? thing is, if like in his jacket he opens it up, there's a there's a stain of blood like oh on my the God, inside. That's whole layer. Yeah, you know, that's like just one. Yeah. That doesn't oh, look by like. By the way, what color is the inside thing. of your jacket? Real talk. Uh, what, what open that up, that? would you? It's red. red in there. Hey, the biz How doc. Convenient. Yeah, the biz doc. What kind of doctor ass. are you? Tom? We're learning a lot there about this. Yeah. By the way, so how about how about we do one last one on economy? This one's a little bit of an uplifting story, and then we'll go back to it. Rubini warns the mother of all economic crisis looms. <laughs> Just looking at the explicit debts, the figures are staggering. Global total private and public sector debt as a share of GDP rose. This is insane, Tom. From 200% in 1999 to 350% in 2021. The ratio is now 420% across advanced economies and 330% in China. In the United States, it is 420%, which is higher than during the Great Depression. I have to read this to you one more time. I don't know if you kind of were distracted. Put your phone aside and just listen to this for a second. I'm I'm asking you to listen to this for a second. I'm going to read the sentence. Just looking at explicit debts, how much debt we have, the figures are staggering. Globally, total private sector and public sector debt as a share of GDP rose from 200% in 1999 to 350% in 2021. The ratio today is 420% across advanced economies. That's 330% in China, but U.S. is at 420, which is higher than during the Great Depression and after World War II. Damn. Of course, that can boost economic activity if borrowers invest in new capital, machinery homes, public infrastructure. That yields returns higher than the cost of borrowing, but much borrowing goes simply to finance consumption spending above one's income, on a persistent basis, and that is a recipe of bankruptcy. More of investment in capital can also be risky whether the borrowers or household buying a home at an artificially inflated price, a corporation seeking to expand too quickly regardless of returns, or a government that is spending the money on white elephants, extravagant but useless infrastructure projects, hence the Build Back Better or other items that they're doing. Yep. Uh, the Inflation Reduction or whatever it was called, the Reductionary Act. With governments unwilling to raise taxes or cut spending to reduce their deficits, central bank deficit monetization will once again be seen as the path of least resistance, but you cannot fool all the people all the time. Okay, when you hear this here, this guy saying this, Tom, first thing you're thinking about is what? What I'm thinking about is, so put it in perspective, 420%. That means we owe ourselves four times our annual pay, if you want to think of it that way, as a nation. And as interest rates go up, we got to pay the, the interest on that 
which is what makes that debt be a bigger and bigger percent of what we have to pay every year. And there's less for positive programs and like highway infrastructure so that rusty bridges in Wisconsin don't collapse. Remember that? And those people ended yeah. up in the, in the river. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, if we think personal debt is bad, that's nothing compared to all of us. Can we just give a shout out to uh, the writer of this article? Yeah. Uh, Tyler Durden from Fight Club is the author of this article right here. <laughs> no, this That's is just, Zero Hedge. No, and he yeah, uses I, I know Zero Hedge. He uses the Tyler. Yes, of course. But you know, this Tyler Durden, destructive, doomsdayer, we all know that. But you know, I t- asked you a question earlier, Tom, about like the, the reasons why we think the housing market would crash and you know the, the correlation with what happened in two thousand eight. But for years and years and years we've been we've been hearing about this potential debt crisis. And this obsession with debt, whether it's in personal debt, whether it's business debt, whether it's GDPs, countries borrowing debt, African nations going into debt to China, debt, 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 Iran borrowed how much money from China. But this obsession with debt, it's not going to have a, a good ending for a lot of people. I mean, I'll, I'll tap into my inner Dave Ramsey here, but debt is dumb. And unless you can kind of, you know, what they what they highlight here, unless you can kind of borrow money and then parlay that into a higher rate of return yeah you can obviously grow your wealth and and grow your country's gdp but the downside to it which this article highlights it could get very very ugly in the middle of what pat read it says but borrowing that goes simply to finance consumption oh you mean like 1.4 trillion dollars that was just handed to people that went to vegas and bought things during covid yeah yep so exactly. Anyway, so so all in all, Vinny. In other words, you know, the economy is still got some work to do till it recovers back to normalcy. That's not going to happen for a minute. Uh, let's talk about the reaction that they had when uh, 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 an MSNBC crew. If you can pull up this video, so they're sitting there. If you can zoom it in, like yeah, there you go. So they're talking about an announcement that uh, DeSantis makes the person of the year shortlist. You need to see the reaction of what they say when that is announced. Check this out. 2022 winds down. We are beginning to reflect on the year that was. That includes the highly anticipated revealing of Time's annual Person of the Year. Ron DeSantis makes no sense to me. Explain his well, presence on this list. No, no, I can't do the Dow of uh, DeSantis. But his presence on the list is because he won re-election in a massive landslide. He flipped Miami-Dade, and much to the chagrin of a prominent former constituent, is uh, on the cusp of really being the front runner for the Republican nomination. So Zelensky yeah. is about to, is on the cusp of winning the largest land war in Europe uh, against a country 10 times its size. Mm-hmm. That's that's the victory that he has in his sights. Ron DeSantis won Miami-Dade County, so those are kind of like the parallel. That's the, <laughs> In terms of influence, those are the kind of things we're really talking about. Yeah. It, it's, it's a challenge. I mean, uh, Miami-Dade, I don't want to dismiss Miami-Dade, yeah, but it's not, this really, is, it's not like winning World War III. This is know? my seventh yeah. year leading uh, person of the year, and I'll say we do a lot of apples and oranges comparisons. I was going to say, that's more, like, that's more like apples and watermelons. But yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, sure. Fair enough. Hmm. By the way, can we back up and show who was on that short list? Yeah, I, it was, it was in the first was twenty seconds. It went very, qu- it went yeah, very was, quick. Was is that? You can scroll in right there. Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping. Are you kidding? Can you me? scroll in on that, Robert? I mean, I'm sorry, Malik. Uh, mm-hmm. You got the Fed. Is that what that looks like? Or the Supreme mm-hmm. Court? You've got Elon Musk. You've got Liz Cheney. You got Zelensky. Mackenzie Scott. Mackenzie Scott who's giving away all her money. You got protests in in Iran. In Iran. Iran protesters. 
Then who are the who are on the right? You got Gun Janet safety Yellen. advocates and Janet Yellen. Gun safety advocates. How, how, how can you be plural in a in a person of the year? By the way, does anybody want to give their top one or two of who you would vote for here? For person of the yeah. year? Yeah, I mean, they've boiled it down to 10 people. DeSantis is on the short list, I think rightfully so. Who would be sure your what? two? Pick two off that list well, that you think right, objectively. Here's the difference, though. Yeah. The, 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 I think the question is more, who do you think deserves to be there, and who do you think time's going to pick? Because I'll give you my who I think time's going to pick. I think, Zelensky. you know, Zelensky is the, the one time's going to pick because of the way, yeah. you know. The, the, mm-hmm. But so, okay, go ahead. So based on that. Who do you think is going to be the top? Zelensky's the certainly in the front running here. I don't think Liz Cheney has a chance. I don't think uh, I, I don't think Janet Yellen has a chance. I don't think that Mackenzie Scott has a chance. What was the one on the left? Is that the Iran protesters? Protesters. Yeah. I, I would. That, 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 I put that up there. I think uh, on a soft spot in my head, in my heart, I think that's that's something near and dear to what we talk about here. I don't think they're going to win. Uh, although, did you see what the um, the uh, Supreme leaders of Iran are doing these days. Maybe we get to that They story. might be cutting off the hijab situation. But I think the front runners here are clearly Elon Musk and Zelensky. And God forbid if Xi Jinping wins this. Well, that, uh, that'd be so un-American. And, and, and Pat, I, I forgot to, uh, I forgot to uh, bring this up earlier. Like, it, it's kind of weird because the whole, I mean, Elon Musk, amazing free speech. It's, it's killing it. I always, Adam, the devil's advocate. I think we mm-hmm. talked about it yesterday. I was reading all this, Pat. He's giving all these people all this thing. And then all of a sudden I started hearing about the the Neuralink, they're about to start testing it in human beings. It's almost as if he's being this. It's like almost, it could be if you want to think like like devil's advocate, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Now all of a sudden people are going to go, hey, this is the free speech. He did that. Mm-hmm. Now he wants to sew microchips in our head. I'm in. That's going to be a great selling point to people that are kind of skeptical because Pat, it's happening. Like they're going to test, I think, six human beings really, really shortly. And I don't, listen, I don't trust anything with microchips and shit in the body. I'm a Christian. I've read the Bible. When they talk about the mark of the beast, it's getting, he might be such a, a <laughs> Pat, he might be that guy, that and then it's going to make people's decision to put these things in so their brain. So are you saying Elon's the guy that's yeah. going to be on the top of the list? He's, Is that what you're saying? He's going to probably be up there 100%. So, Tom, who's, but, your, who's yeah, your name? Can you Who go back to that list, Rob? So I'll tell you, uh, I agree. I think Time Magazine is going to make it Zelensky, yep. but I'll tell you who I honestly believe the person of the year is. Um Many years ago, I was really stirred when I saw the picture of these people after they voted. Remember, they would get the purple dye on their finger yeah. because they had to put there, and they would hold their fingers up in yep. the city square, defiantly saying, I voted, which was equivalent to saying, hey, come bonk me on the head, <laughs> right? Because it was yeah. a lot of, or just cut my head off. Yeah. I actually believe that the person of the year, in terms of the people on that list, Zelensky, I, you know, I, I see that, but the protesters in Iran, they're risking everything. Yeah. They're risking everything and um, all, all for freedom and a little bit of a better way and thing, you know, and uh, in terms of raw impact, it's Elon Musk. But the protesters around what they are putting, they're putting their necks out there for a massive greater good that they may never see. It may be their next generation. True. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, Pat, you have a you have a vote. Yeah, I, I, I So if you look at this, I don't know why she is on the list. Okay, but I, I get it. You know, he's a name that's got to be on that list every single time. Fine. Notice who's not on the list. Biden's not on the list. Kamala's not on the list. Obama's not on the list. Any of those guys are not on the list, which fine. That makes sense. Okay. Um, if, you, if you look at it from advancement and controversy and freedom of speech, Musk has only been at it for six weeks. So person of the year, I don't know yet. I think it's second or third. 
What DeSantis did, he had a playbook that showed, you, you, you know why it's so uh, patriotic for what Ron DeSantis did? This is the part we have to respect about what this guy did. It's very hard to have convictions where you lead with those convictions with the risk of you may be very wrong and it could be catastrophic, but you believe in your bones, you're making the right decision with kids, with schooling, with businesses, with COVID, with all of that, and you end up being right? I don't, I don't know. Because what Zelensky is doing, 90% of the world is supporting, not 90%, most of the world is supporting. Every channel you turn on, he's a hero, he's a hero, yeah. mm-hmm. he's a modern-day Winston Churchill. Every channel, mainstream media you turn on, Ron DeSantis is a bad guy. So for him to be right where the NBA held the playoffs in his state, where Disney World kept doing business in his state and Disneyland was shut down, where people were going on vacation for Christmas in his state. Last year, everybody from L.A., New York, Chicago, they were going to Florida for vacation. Listen, if you truly want to call it leader of the year, when you leave it person of the year, doesn't necessarily have to be the leader of the year. But if that person of the year was a leader of the year, it's nobody but Ron DeSantis on that list. It's not, and by the way, and it's not even close to me. Yeah, you go back. It's and, not even close. And he's to not me. having a lucky yeah. year. Go back and look at the last three years. <laughs> by yeah. the way, yeah. you want to consider this food for thought? You want to see Trump have a meltdown of epic proportions? If you want to talk <laughs> meltdown, what? go ahead, Time Magazine, select Ron DeSantis as the Time Person of the Year. Ron Sanctimonious, whatever yeah. Trump calls yeah. him these days, the yeah. Sanctimonious. Trump would have a literal meltdown. Yeah, why does he deserve? Because that's we're heading towards that point. Don't you agree that that DeSantis and and Trump are going to clash at the yeah. RNC? Yeah, and we're going to see what happens. But, but isn't isn't Time predominantly a left leaning organization? Yeah. Yeah. Time big time. Yeah. It's so owned by be, Mark Benioff. Okay, then guess what, Pat? Then I, so, what what we want different story. Zelensky's going to win because how many? Billions have they got on the duty? They, they've set yeah. this guy up. Can I ask why Mackenzie Scott is in the top ten list? She's you given t- away billions of dollars. So, you know, so she's given away the money that Bezos made, and that's on right. the list. And, and, and she hooked up. No around. disrespect They're to her. Uh, hang on a second, well, hang on a second. gentlemen. No, you know I think though, Pat, because she oh hooked up with God. just an average Joe. Yeah, that's a, a good person. Pat, I think you need to normalize it as a percent and have a different contest. Mackenzie Scott has only given away 33% of the money from her husband. There are women in this country that have given away 300% of the money their husbands have generated. Yeah, yeah very true. Yeah, it right. is what so, it is. By the way, she's gonna, a rookie. We're going to find this out in the next couple of weeks. Will they I select think, it? I, I think so. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk see about here. So, it final vote who are you guys voting, just so we can put a button who, on this. Who's, who's going to win? Who's going to oh, who's win? Who's going to win? Odds are on Zelensky. Oh, Zelensky. Who's going to win Zelensky? Who I would hope, which I know they're not. Are the protesters in Iran? But I think Elon, Elon yeah. Musk would be second place, and Zelensky's going to win it. I think Zelensky's the front the runner. The you got time. Elon Musk. But the not gonna protesters in Iran, they would have to have massa. I mean, like they would have to link it. To yeah, that. yeah. I just but, can't believe so, AOC's on don't, that. Really don't, pisses me off. Don't underplay the vindictiveness of what Time Magazine will do. She, just to she, see, the just to see Trump's response when the same. Iran, well, we'll see. Okay. Great. By the way, do, do we want to do so? A couple stories we got left here with the last ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Do we want to do Alex Jones? Do we want to do Michael Avenatti? Do we want to do Kanye West and Elon Musk? What story do we want to? Kanye, Elon. Okay, so let's go to that page five. Okay. So uh, Elon Musk responds to Kanye West calling him a half Chinese and uh, generic uh, genetic hybrid. Uh, a West who was banned from Twitter for posting a Nazi symbol last week branded 
Musk a genetic hybrid and suggesting that he's a half Chinese on Instagram on Sunday. In a bizarre rambling post, the disgraced star also took him as former President Barack Obama referring to an outrageous conspiracy theory that he is a cologne of an Egyptian pharaoh. I take that as a compliment, Musk replied. <laughs> West shared a screenshot of Musk's response and claimed his comments had always been intended to be complimentary. West posted an offensive tweet on Thursday night, then posted a photo of the topless Musk on a yacht, writing, let's always remember this is as my final tweet. Musk responded to the image of himself saying, that is fine, but replied, this is not, to West's swastika tweet. So go ahead, Adam, since you had some thoughts on this. Well, I mean... We, we, we often consider uh, Elon Musk to be a troll, right? I mean, he's, he's very good at it. Um, but the way that he was able to take the high ground here with Kanye, I think he said this wasn't a very flattering picture of me, and it kind of motivated me to lose weight. Yeah. Right? Did you, did you see that part? Of course, yeah. So it, it's crazy because if you if, – let, let's actually go to the source here. Google young Elon Musk Chinese. Let's look at the picture, right? Let's let – the story speak for itself. So let's find a good, nice picture of a young Elon Musk and see, no, not fabricated, where they make him look like Kim Jong-un. <laughs> not a deep fake. Like, let's go to a young Elon Musk and see if he actually, in fact, looks Chinese. Which, you know. I mean, you, you, could, know, you could. Spoiler could. alert. No, he's not Chinese. He's a white guy. I actually tried to sell my mom on this. Like, no, he looks Chinese. She's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So the comedian John Mulaney gave it and actually a very... A funny uh, take on bit it. about this years ago. He said that basically, when he was young, people said that he kind of looked Chinese. Are you familiar with this bit? Well, uh, to Mulaney did Mulaney. I gotcha. I might have got. He basically says, when I was young, I had this like silky hair, and I had these kind of. By the way, John Mulaney is a complete white guy. Yeah. And he says that all the kids in school would make fun of him, and call him a Chinaman. Yeah. And he basically says, of all the epithets and the racial epithets, that's just the easiest one. Mm -hmm. China and man, boom. And to the it got to the point, yeah, there's John Mulaney. He looked, I guess, Asian in this picture. Yeah. But <laughs> right, correct. <laughs> just like Elon. But he basically said it got to the point where, like he said, nobody is meaner than an eighth grade boy. Because they will tell you like the truth and say the meanest things about you. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where the bullying was so bad that he uh during a music appreciation class. Every time that they hit the gong, everyone in unison would get up and bow <laughs> towards him. But it just kind of it, it just it kind of goes to the point where it's like clearly this is not true. Wow. Clearly this is absurd. And to a deeper level, Kanye is saying a lot of absurd, crazy, ridiculous things. And there's a good percentage of our country that are like, let Kanye talk. He's right. He's got yeah. some points. It's like. At what point can we just recognize that he's got some serious mental issues going on right now? I think I think we I think the, I mean the, the majority of us do, and it's just crazy. I think we talked about it. We might have. I don't I don't remember if it was you or not, but the fact that obviously he's going through like a mental situation, and he I don't think he has anybody like we do. Like if I if I messed up if I said some messed up stuff like this, you'd be like, Yo, Vinny, just off. Like you need to chill out. Pat said something. Tom said something. He's paying all these people, bro. You, and you, if you say he'll get yo, his attitude is volatile. If you say something that he doesn't like, yeah. you're fired, bro. You're done. No, he doesn't have a yo, chill out. He has all yes men. He doesn't have anybody going, yo, relax. You just lost what two billion dollars. How much yeah. more are you gonna keep going? How much more? Because they're all losing money, bro. Yeah. All his people, all his team. It's a wrap. You, you can't. You know it's bad 
when Alex Jones <laughs> is distancing himself from you, oh my saying God. you are too extreme. That's that's when you know it's over. It's Alex over. Jones multiple times <laughs> told Kanye, well, you're not a Nazi supporter, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, buddy? Right? Yeah. No, I love Adolf you, Hitler. You know, you know how I take this uh, Elon Musk response? I take the Elon Musk response that he's done. He's just moving on. He's like, listen, man, stop it. Like, Done you know, with Kanye. Yeah, it's like, it's just too much. It's a little too much. Let's just move on. And he's he, he sounds like just a basic customer service representative saying what he's supposed to say to just move on and not create. It's almost like he's trying to help him not react to anything else. You know, I said something a couple, like not even a couple of weeks ago. I think I said this a week ago where I said, Kanye, I think it's time for you to take a month off of social media. Say no to, to all podcasts, including PBD Podcast. Just don't do any podcast for a month. Just take a break away from everybody and go do some thinking. Everybody's got to do it. Pastors do it. Business owners do it. Military leaders do it. You know, parents have to do it sometimes. Relation. You got to get away and decide how you're going to come back from this because this is not a good look. When you become too addicted to wanting to get attention, you say stuff. And at this point... Um, it's 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 very disturbing what he's going through. I just think he needs to take a break from everybody for about a month and surround yourself with a few people you love, you trust, that will not tell anybody who are willing to privately call you on your bullshit. Yep. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I think Elon Musk is like, and the beauty I don't with, even have time. And the beauty this. with the country yep. is, Pat, if, and he, he, you killed it. If he stays, the beauty about this country, stay away six months, a year, come back fresh. I apologize. Be genuine. There's America. Everybody comes back, bro. Everybody that's just jacked up can can come back if they're genuinely sorry. But he's just every week it's just something. Every day it's like something else, something else, something else. Like, bro, go away for a little while. I think he is is digging the hole deeper and deeper. Every time and he deeper. speaks, and I, I fully agree with Pat. But I know you're an odds guy, Pat. What are the odds that he actually heeds your advice and just says, you know what, right? You're Pat. You're right, Pat. Let me take some time off and cool down for a little bit. I'm putting that at zero percent. There, there, there's two different things. There is accidental there's intentional decisions we make accidental is somebody in your family dies you choose to change mm -hmm. you know uh force change is your girl breaks up with you publicly it's humiliation you have to change you lose everything you have to change intentional is very hard to do force all of us do it okay all of us do it but intentional is the hardest thing to ever do and change because you have to choose to do it and I don't know if he's intentionally going to change, but I guarantee you he's going to be forced to change. Mm -hmm. And that guarantee of being forced to change will be because something's going to happen to his life. You're going to either see the, the kid coming up to him saying, Daddy, you got to stop. This is too much. I'm getting issues in school. You're making life harder. One of the kids has to say, Dad, don't, I don't want to be spending time with you. I want to take a break with you. It's going to drive him insane. A parent... A parent who loves their kids, and I believe that this guy loves his kids. I really believe this guy loves his kids fully. And it's not everybody, but some people, oh, every parent loves their kids. No, they don't. <laughs> There's a lot of people that are deadbeat fathers who step away. If they really love their kids, why would they be away from the kid for nine years? So I really think this guy loves his kids. And I think the the change is going to be one of his kids. I don't know how old how old is the oldest kid that he has. No, uh, North, North, Northwest. Uh, probably 10 years old. I was going to say 9 or 10. Yeah, I mean, that, if Tico came up to me saying something at that age, he, I can have a serious conversation with both Dylan and Tico. I really think there's only one person that can get him to do that. It's his oldest kid. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. He's probably going to say, Kim's telling you that. Your mom told you to say this and da-da-da-da-da. So it's going to be like that. Anyways, yeah. it's can not going to be pretty. Can I ask you one last question? Yeah. Your opinion, Pat. 
you know, a lot of people are calling him crazy, bipolar. All right. So, you know, there's a famous phrasing. Yeah, he's crazy like a fox. Yeah. Just play devil's advocate because I'm sure you're not a fan of what he's doing. If you could go into the mindset of Kanye West yeah. and justify this type of behavior, justify this type of lunacy as a crazy as a fox type of methodology, wh what would his intentions Bro, be? Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I mean, let me just simplify it for you. It's very easy for us to sit here and trash this guy or any of these guys. So what is the most humiliating? You don't need to say it, but I want you to go to everybody at this table. What's the most humiliating thing that ever happened in your life? Go there. You don't need to say it. I'm not telling you to say it, but just go there. Yeah. We all have it. Did you kind of figure it out? Got it. Okay. Now imagine if it's on every article, every news, every podcast, every TV channel. Tell me how you feel about it. Okay. So actually think about that right there. Mm -hmm. That's what this guy's going through. A freaking Pete Davidson took his wife. His wife went with him. Who is Pete Davidson and the League of Kanye for contributing to society and the world? I mean, Pete Davidson, Kanye, the music he's done, the art he's created, the, you know, the, not, not taking anything away from Pete, but there's a difference in talent and value to the world, right? When, so, so in his mind, he's sitting there saying, my girl left me for that? Mm -hmm. he, he's publicly humiliated, and he's trying to recover from that embarrassment, but the approach he's taking is, is not the approach I would take. So anyways, I, I, I don't... Uh, uh, I, I feel very bad, and I don't like it at all. It makes me feel very uncomfortable, and I wish I could talk to the guy, but I don't think he's in a place that he would be willing to talk to anybody and take counsel from anybody. I don't think he trusts anybody, and by the way, for the right reasons. So go talk to your 10-year-old kid and see what your 10-year-old kid tells you because that kid loves you. It's your blood. Anyways, so can we do this last story I want to do with Sam Bankman-Free before we wrap it up? So this story came out. By the way, this is a real story. I tweeted this yesterday. <laughs> I got one minute on this story. Sam Bankman-Free, okay? This is from Vice. Is trying to find the guy who did this. This is not a joke, by the way. This is not Babylon B, just so everybody knows. This is real. I posted this yesterday and I posted the link to the article yesterday. Rob, I'm gonna send it to you. Post the link to the article because this is not the real article. Article I just sent you from Vice. This is on Vice. Okay, just go to the link. Okay, go right there to Twitter. It's right below that tweet that I send out. Go a little lower, uh, go low, below that, you'll see it right there. Click on that. Click on that right there. This is Vice. Sam Angler is trying to find the guy who did this, okay? <laughs> Tom and I were talking about this yesterday. Tom's like, what? he sounds like O.J. Simpson. That's where yeah. I was going with this. The killer's still out there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to spend the rest my of my wife. life yes. trying to find out who killed. He's going to write a book, Pat, called Nicole. I Didn't Do It, but right. if I and did. And I'm going to look in every okay, golf course okay. and strip club till I, I find I, the guy. Either, either this guy is naive. He's dumb. He's oblivious. He, he, he thinks the world is dumb or he's a psychopath, a sociopath. But he's one of those things. You decide who this guy is. I don't know how he did it. Yesterday, Michael Saylor was talking about yeah. this guy. We're on the podcast together with him. Shout out to Michael Saylor. Every time you listen to this guy, your brain gets muscular. Head gets bigger because all your muscles are working. But, uh, yeah, this guy, this guy knows exactly what he did. This guy knows exactly what he Will did. He and there's a lot of people that have his back that are trying to protect him because all the leaks of texts and messages and emails and, you know, WhatsApps and all that. If that stuff leaks, I guarantee you a lot of political leaders are going to be very, very embarrassed by being tied to a guy like this. Yeah. Well, it's $38 million to the DNC and the close-in candidates, the super close-in candidates. It was $38 million that is, is public and is known about. And so you've got people like Maxine Waters who are out there. They do not want to be accused of taking money from the mob. 
that's a political problem that's as yep. old as the hills. You take it from a developer. The developer's really dirty. He gets arrested. You run for the hills because, oh, I didn't take that money from my campaign. That's the game being played here. Anyways, we got, we got to find out who did this. Okay? Yeah. We got to find the person and shout out to his mom for encouraging him for, to not take yeah. personal responsibility. Yeah. 12 years ago, the article, oh, yeah. blame yeah. is overstated. Yeah. Okay, so uh, tomorrow we have a weird podcast. It could be like an Antonio Brown type of a podcast, and we're going to go live with the podcast. We were thinking about pre-recording and then going live the next day, but we're actually going to go live with the podcast tomorrow. Once it's posted and you find out who it is and what it's about, something tells you many of you guys are going to be interested in the podcast tomorrow. Stay tuned. Uh, looking forward to having you with us there. I think you got something going on. I got, I got to give a plug for this massive podcast I'm going to be on later today. I'm going to be on Funny How, Vincent yeah. O'Shauna's podcast. Yeah, four. You and I will chop it up wow. at 4 p.m. live on We're Valley definitely talking about Comedy. Tom's crazy yes. uh, Dexter. Tom is quote. 100% Dexter. Tom, low, you're low the opening. Life. I'm talking about you right off the rip. The economy and, and, is my and, drunk and sister. And by the way, by the way let me read this. Let me yeah. give a shout-out to Tom very quick. DL Saint, I really want to know podcast. Gave $100 today. Whoa. And he said, great show, guys. When will Tom have a show on this platform? If that's not going to happen, Tom, where can I find you? LOL. Keep leading from the front, gentlemen. Tom will be introducing a podcast here very soon about business, and we cannot find, we cannot wait to launch that and introduce that to you guys. So, DL Saint, be patient. It's coming very soon. Thank you, DL, for the super chat. Thank you very much. 2023 is going to be a very, 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 very big Good year. We're excited Subscribe about it. Subscribe to PBD Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. 500,000. We're going to do a live one with yes. everybody at 500,000. Yes. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.